Oh my God, we're already starting and you got your shirt off? Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's going to be that kind of night. No, wow. I just, I'm just recording. It's not, we're, we haven't started the show proper yet. Oh, okay. So there's still time for you to put a shirt on. Oh, no. Or no, that... for more people to take their shirts off. No. Yeah. No, either way. No. Mm-hmm. If I took my shirt off, we would technically have titties on the screen and then it would be just, no. Mm-mm. That's PG 13 to R. No good for no. any, any, nope. you know, nope. future YouTube uh, nope. prospects. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't agree with that, but okay. Well, Personally, I like to stick in the uh, the PGG rating. <laughs> I think that's where it's the safest to be, where there's no cursing or smoking or any of that stuff. Oh, that ain't gonna happen here. Yeah, there ain't no fucking way. <laughs> where where <laughs> is where is your well, long locks, man? For real. What happened? What? New okay. character. Oh, where'd new you, character. Where'd your hair go, oh, Ben? Gone, where'd your hair go? He, yeah, he's gone Hollywood. That's what's it's happening. It's gone. Okay, I'm I'm going through the uh, the Brad Pitt phase where I feel like I'm oh. becoming enough of a star that I can just shave my hair. Very nice. Nice, okay. nice, nice. I just I was looking at your locks for the last hour fifteen, and I just got confused and sad. Oh. Well, you no, know, we know oh. what actually happened was we did another film together. And I dyed my hair blonde because I just wanted I wanted the character to pop. I wanted to be bloody. And then I was like, I I got to do something with this hair. I got to change it around a little. So I was going to cut it. And then there's like two things that I auditioned for that I seem to get leading man roles in action movies. But I can't land any of them. So I was <laughs> like, you know what? I'm going to cut my hair a little bit and go with a different look. And then I fucked it up. And I fucked it up real bad. I don't and think I you look bad. for about a day. Oh, no, I look amazing. <laughs> Yeah, great. <laughs> he put his he put his DBS jacket not, just on. Just not what I want to represent. Hi, I'll Brandon. Just... What's up, fellas? How we doing? Pretty good. What's up, man, Brandon? Well. Hell yeah, man! I'm excited for this. I took an Adderall. I've been drinking for a little bit. I feel ready to roll. <laughs> Holy Welcome shit. to the nightclub. All right. <laughs> that is proper it. nightclub prep right there. <laughs> you know, we, we gave Ben so much shit for his haircut on the last shoot. He shaved it off. I can't believe it. <laughs> no, I think everyone resoundingly liked it. Oh man, that was rough. That was a well, you said, was you, a said you, you said you dyed it blonde. Were you were you just in the Barbie movie? Is that what it was? <laughs> you know what? My daughter's friends all started calling me Ken and my wife Barbie because <laughs> she's got blonde hair. So we were being called Ken and Barbie. Perfect. That's and, amazing. Yeah, you know, if I if I didn't shave it, that could have been the Halloween costume. Oh, that would have been priceless. That, that must be been. the movie with the hammer in the head. Which movie is that? Uh, girl in cabin fourteen until it gets uh, a better title. Wait, why? <laughs> Damn! <laughs> look, at the, look at that fuck you look for. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, it, it'll, it'll be changed. The the girl in cabin thirteen and the numbers mess people up because they think there's like twelve other ones and there's really not. It's just the number of the cabin. Um. So we'll switch that up. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Every movie okay. just gets a, a working title. Until like a week before it comes out, then you're like, hey, it's called Forest to Death now. Here's a metal poster. Like, what the fuck? What happened to Shapeshifter? Mm-hmm. Didn't do well. All right. Um, Brendan, did you did you listen to either the Roger episode or the Kellen episode? Man, I'm a I'm a big fan of your guys' podcast. I listen to probably five or six episodes now. I understand what's going on. Um Okay. <laughs> the Adams family one was The Adams family. That was yeah. a great one. Those guys are probably the best in the business right now. So I was when I saw that one come across the feed, I was like, "Damn, you guys are, you guys are big, big time." I had I had sent um Kellen a message <laughs> asking him if I could post the link in the DBS Discord 
so that people could hop in and watch, but he never responded. So we're not doing that because also I, Oh, you should do that. No, because you know why though? I don't know how hard this call might crash if fucking 20 or 30 people jump in here. So, Oh, very hard. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I don't want to turn this immediately. Yeah. So I kind of rethought that after, and I'm glad he didn't say anything because I would have ran with it and then we'd have to kick everyone out so we could record and that wouldn't be fun. That would not be fun to do. Well, and um, Travis is Travis is being kind of kind here. So after we had Ben on, things just went to the moon, mm-hmm. and then we and then we had the van jockey on, and things went right in the toilet. So we're hoping to climb back out from here. So you have to represent Brendan because Kellen. Um, I'm is- gonna I'm gonna try my best. I heard Kellen's was so good that you guys did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to. Fuck. That's one okay. way to. Never say mind. It. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, that's why it's I, cool because he gives you guys shit, but we do our own podcast. And I mean, I'll give you guys a lot of credit. But doing these podcasts is hard. Um, and he is the person in charge of recording that shit. And three or four times now, he's not recorded it or forgot it. So <laughs> he comes on here and he's like, "These guys." I was like, "Bro, you do this shit all the time, so don't 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 do it." But oh, okay, we got some ammo now. Okay, the, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but I love the the podcast you do with Ben. I always watch him because I'm like, "Damn, man, is he gonna say something that's gonna get us canceled?" And then obviously make sure my brother's doing well. But both those are great. <laughs> Adam's family was great. Um, I'm saving the mummy one. I saw you guys did the mummy. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, once I release cold grave, what I do is I go back and I just drink a whole bunch of beer and watch a whole bunch of horror movies. Nice. And the mummy's actually one that's like on my list. That's ready to go. So I'll watch it and I'll, I'll listen on that one. Sweet. I also <laughs> want it noted for the record. I believe this is the first time we've ever had somebody in the club wearing a tie. So I, I feel yeah, I so underdressed. Say- it's ridiculous. <laughs> Like, ben looks change. good tonight, man. He put on the. This is the opposite of Roger. I thought you come in with a cowboy hat and the cut off. I, mean, I do have my hat. So there you go. To... Now where's the uh, where's the Roger hat? He lost uh, it in the woods. Somewhere <laughs> in the closet. <laughs> that shit's gone with his tent somewhere in the woods. He lost that shit. <laughs> I do this weird thing when I I break away from a character. I really try to break away. Because otherwise, like I will not stop listening to country music, <laughs> crying and about I, how your for, sister left you. Yeah, and for the last uh. character, <laughs> like, I just got way too into Buckcherry again to be this old. <laughs> so you gotta, like, you gotta separate it a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. If like, I had that hat, I think I probably would look at myself in the mirror in that hat a lot. I would look the cowboy hat. Good. Oh yeah, I. I, I try to not look at myself <laughs> as Roger. Uh, at all when I'm not Roger. No, yeah, but I it think is a character that, that is like, it's got to go here. Well, and I can kind of see it. I can, yeah, it's it's. I can kind of see it. But I also think that that hat is like, like for Samson, that, that's like Roger's power, that hat. And when you steal you, his hat, he's like, uh, 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 I have to find You know what's hat. funny is I think when we were originally doing, we weren't going to, I don't think it was going to wear the hat. And it wasn't until... God, like a week before, I think we're like, God, we gotta wear the hat. It just doesn't work without the stupid hat. Well, what I want to know is if I'm green light and forest to death too, what are you gonna do with no hair? <laughs> I, I already told you it starts like eight months after when he gets out of prison. It's the Blues Brothers. <laughs> just right, just rip off the Blues Brothers opening. <laughs> I like it. I'll I'll run with it. I'll run with it. What is I like that it? I like that you thought about it? that already. The, the plot holes aren't resolved. Don't even need to worry about it. Roger's it was, fresh uh, out of prison and now he's soft spoken. Okay. Well, because <laughs> I shaved it and then I, I posted the Force of Death 
two things. My wife goes, you just shaved your hair. And I went, oh, fuck me. And I was like, no, they got a wig. And then I thought about it. And I was like, oh, well, if it starts right where it ends, that's eh, that's tough. But if you started like six months after that happens and Roger's been in jail and then you could have a different look and then get Brendan to pay for like a neck tattoo or something, that would be pretty sweet. Like a real yeah. tattoo? You got to you gotta go real. Do you a girl yeah. in camera 13 tattoo right on the of yeah. Stewart. Not actually, I, I'm not actually going to do it in my neck. And, and one teardrop. I only one teardrop, too. Yeah. So at least one, because you fucking murdered cold-bloodedly a, a guy in this movie, so... Uh, yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes. He killed himself. I, didn't, I, didn't I, told, I told you. See? We we discussed that. I No, no, because right after, he's leaning up against that tree, and he's like, oh, he deserved it. And, uh, oh, oh we're going to get there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. You should probably start the episode. We are. Here we go. All right, do, do your shitty theme music. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, he's coming okay. in hot. He's okay. back. He's got, he's got his girth back. It, it is girth. <laughs> it's so long and pompous. It's such a long and pompous opening. Because it's the fucking nightclub, cuh. Damn right, yeah. Go. Three hikers got in the woods. Charles, Eli, and Kaylee. And they're missing. That's Kaylee. She's my sister. And she's missing. She's still missing. I'll come to find out. Police officer gonna declare this a cold case. No! We ain't done! I ain't done! She's missing! Someone needs to find her. You know what we're gonna do, huh? I'll bring you with me. I'm gonna give you a real story. to the nightclub where we are the ones who get lost in a sunless florida forest for time out of mind 
And I'm your host this evening, Travis Maxwell Boone, joined by your buddy Grindhouse Zombie. Slapped in Paul Meadows, cuz. And we also got with us our Boyka boy. That's me. I'm Blair Witch Rick. How y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> and tonight we are going to be discussing a film that is not out yet, but it should be out soon. Um, it is a sequel, prequel. We're going to find the fuck out because we have with us two of the, um, I guess, hey, I would imagine uh, we got the head creator of, of the film tonight with us, Brendan Rudnicki. And we also have the star of the film. I wanted to say I, you got to be a creative force behind it for sure, since it's basically what well, before it became a cold grave. It was the Roger Project. We've got star Benjamin Newmark with us tonight, um, friend of the show. So I'm glad to have these DBS folks back with us. Brendan, you have basically directed every single DBS film, right? Yeah, pretty much. And you guys are on a roll. Like, since I've come on board watching DBS movies, and that started with Forest of Death, I've noticed that you guys crank this shit out. Like, y'all crank out movie after movie after movie. So you must be the busiest motherfucker around. How do you maintain a schedule, man? Like, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, it, it's a lot of Adderall and a lot of work, man. Um, we crank these things out. We get better each one. We did two last year. We're doing four this year. <laughs> Um, but it's easy to do when it's your passion. Horror has been my passion for a while. And, you know, this is what I like to do. So, you know, when you're doing something fun, it's pretty easy. When you're working with someone like Ben, he can make it hard sometimes. But for the most part, you know, we crank these things out and we just we want to keep get, getting better with each one of these movies. You see, do, do you want to know what his schedule is right now? This, yeah. He's still promoting horror in the forest while still promoting Forest of Death, which is about to hit 2 million views on Tubi. While we're about to start promoting a cold grave, as he just wrapped a girl in Captain 14 and he started pre production on uh, Murder House 3.0. And I think somewhere he probably has a script getting ready for Force of Death 2. And I didn't even hear anything mentioned about the Bigfoot movie. So, yeah, right? The Bigfoot movie is still, still in post. We have Ben's movies heading out to American Film Festival next week after our Discord showing. Um, and then we're going to hop right into Bigfoot and Bigfoot's wild. Um, so I'm excited for that one, but I mean, we're just keep going, man. We're just going to, we're going to keep grinding until, you know, either I run out of money or, you know, we can make this thing work. Okay. And, and, and I want the nightclub audience who's been around for a while. They know Ben, they know Kellen from our fuck up episode where we had to do the episode all over again. It's only ever happened once. Thank God in our Mm -hmm. history. And that's why grindhouse now, he's now one of the other co-hosts, aside from me, records the fucking episode, so that shit never happens again. And if it does happen again, God didn't want that episode to be heard. So um, <laughs> take me back in time to your early childhood and, like, your first encounter with horror. Like, what was it? What was it? Was it a horror film, some novels, maybe a comic book even? I don't know. Video game? <laughs> Yeah, I can, I can hop into that. Um, but first, can I, we all got a drink. Can I do a cheers real quick? Oh, fuck it is, yeah. It is Friday 13th. Mm-hmm. I want to cheers Ben. This is his second movie with us. It's going to be the best one ever. We're going to release it. And I did see an Instagram post that this is your five years. You guys have been doing podcasts. So, you know, cheers to you guys. I'm a big fan of this podcast. I appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate you guys supporting DBS and everything we're trying to do. Appreciate you guys watching our movies. So Friday 13th, let's do it, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Now we have two people with no shirts on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
That's right. I was born without one. That's how I like to live my life. I love how the longer this goes, the more nudity becomes a, a thing. There's Whether been we ball- want it or not. There's been balls on this show. Just saying. That is true. Yeah. yeah. And, a, and, and, and cleavage. In a good way. Lots not of cleavage, lots of too. Yeah. yeah, but it's all been us. No, so. no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Who are Gloria, you referring to? Gloria Lynn Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. yeah. I don't I don't want to talk about that one because that's... <laughs> That's just embarrassing, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> all you got to do is stay sitting down, boy. That's all you got to do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, Brendan, go ahead. Take us back to your childhood. How'd you get into horror films? Um. All right. So, you know, I was. Oh boy. So I probably say, you know, I grew up going to Blockbuster. Um. We lived in a small town, so we didn't have a Blockbuster. We had like a family video. Um, and I think like a lot of kids, like a lot of us, you know, we went to Blockbuster after school on Friday. We got to start to pick out stuff and I was a big sci-fi guy. You know, I liked, uh, all the Star Wars stuff. I was big on fantasy, never any story. Um, really wasn't a big horror guy. And that wasn't because of my family. Like my mom let me do whatever I wanted to do. I just kind of like the thriller fantasy stuff, watched all the James Bonds when I was little, but I think, you know, one movie really kind of got me into it. And I want to ask you guys and see if you guys can figure it out. Cause I feel like a lot of kids probably had this experience of going to Blockbuster and getting a first horror movie. It was a very starter horror movie, but it was basically, um, you know, when I had a you know, sleepovers with friends, this was the first one we rented. Do you guys have an idea of what that horror movie could be? One of the big Blockbuster titles. Sleepaway camp. Nope. Well, I guess I would ask you, what year are we talking? Uh, no. Early, ooh, I think early 90s. It's a Kevin Bacon movie. Oh, Starter Echoes. movie. Not really scary. Hollow Man? Hollow Man. You used to show it on sci-fi. Tremors. Flatliners. Tremors. 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 Oh, okay. So okay. that was my introduction to horror. And when I saw that, it's not really scary, but it's like, all right, there's some you know horror elements to it. And then after that, I started to just go down the rabbit hole of you know, what kind of horror movies can I watch? Which ones do I like? And, you know, that started just watching pretty much everything. You know, I've been a huge horror guy since that. Um, I've had, you know, scenes stick out to me. If you've seen a movie, Deep Star Six, which is like oh, yes. an oh, underwater yes. movie. It doesn't yes. really hold up as much as I remember it. But that scene where the guy is like grabbed by the creature and he gets lifted up and his guts are like hanging out still sticks with me. Hell yeah. Um, Starship Troopers, where they have like the cow and it gets annihilated by the alien, still okay. sticks I, with me. That that's the movie I want to rip off. That's the movie I want to homage oh, to. Yeah, of course. Of that too. And then that's, you have like the, that's the, the one. like the Shining and the bathroom scene always sticks with me because I'm like, damn, yeah, I'm gonna see some titties. Let's go. And then that she's got like that moss and all that green shit on her. Right. And then obviously the Exorcist, huge fan of the Exorcist, and. You know, that kind of started the journey, and those are the ones that stick with me now, and those are some of my favorite movies still. But, you know, since that day, you know, just been a big horror fan. I watch a lot of indie stuff now, but, you know, I'll venture out to the movie theaters. I still love everything I possibly get. Um, I just, you know, since that time, that just stuff has stuck with me, and it's become my favorite genre, and it's still my favorite genre today. I wanted to ask you that as an independent filmmaker yourself, because – this year started out with a, an amazing one-two punch in indie. You got Skinamarink, and you got The Outwaters. Now, you see movies like that come along for 15 a apiece. Both were made for $15,000, okay? 
So I don't I don't know y'all's budgets. I imagine it's somewhere around there. Um, just because y'all are in, independent as fuck. Now, when you see movies like that, do they not? Have you seen Skin and Rankin Outwaters? Yeah, of course, yes. Have they not juiced you up, man? Like, oh my god! Like, look at this shit. Let's fucking go. Let's make a movie. Like, I can't imagine. Like, when you see these types of films, it's got a light of fire inside of you as as a filmmaker, right? Oh, of course. And I think um, it's really good to see these kind of independent movies hitting the theaters again. Because that's the one thing, like, we have access to all the platforms, and, you know, we can pretty much get on every channel outside of, like, Netflix, uh, HBO, and Hulu, the big guys, because they develop their own content. Mm -hmm. What we haven't had with independent films is independent films going to movie theaters, and I think Terrifier really kind of got that stuff going, and he had two, and Terrifier was a pretty big budget movie. He started small, but those last ones are pretty big. Yeah. Skin and Marink and Outwaters were both very very cheap movies and to see them play in the movie theaters i think is very very good for independent filmmaking because that's where a lot of money is and if you can get people to go to the movie theaters you know you're kind of getting that money back that was lost with dvds and all of a sudden you know you can start to see these smaller filmmakers kind of rise up and get you know as much visibility as you know, these other movies that are happening. So it, it's really, really good. I'm really excited. I just hope it continues. You know, we saw those two right off the, the you know, right off the start of the year, but they got to keep going. We got to keep filling these voids. Um, there has to be an appeal to these movies. I'm not really sure how Skinamarink and Outwaters did on box office, but amazing. You know, keep that going. Like, that's what we want to do. They did amazing. Skinamarink made 60 times its budget back. Um, I believe, or upwards of it, and Outwater's the same thing. I mean, they, again, they were both made for fifteen grand, and they both made, I'm pretty sure, over a million dollars each. So they just made bank compared to what they were, you know, what they cost to make. And I ask you that because you you you've been behind all these films. We got to talk to Kellen. Uh, listeners, go back to the second take. That's the episode with Kellen. <laughs> Very good episode, and go back to a good Rogering to hear Rogers or Ben's first time on the show. I'm calling you by your character name because you—he's just Roger, man. You're Roger, yeah. man. It's, it's... You'll never escape Roger, Ben. So well, he can, uh, but it's, hold on. on the last he's Roger right film, now. On the last film we did, so he wrote a script and then cast an actor named Brendan to play a character named Ben. So on set, there was a Brendan, a Brendan, a Ben, a Ben, and a Ben that's mostly known as Roger, who was playing a character called I, Steve. Was it Steve? For which one? Your guy's name? Yeah, Girl Kevin 14. I'm already no, confused. No, it was... Um, what was my think. name? Kevin. Kevin. The the amount of names that I could I went by that night. Just call me whatever, man. No, no. Well, tonight, Ricky, what is it? Brendan Rudd Bryn Mark Benjamin, yeah. Yeah, Bryn Dingeman, Rudd Newmark, Nikki. That's our guest. Y'all are fused yeah. together right now. That Let's sounds like a Cronenberg someone, creature. Yeah, I think we can sounds like it's going to get protested by the, Palestine. Yeah, with the tie and the shirt. Off, I think we oh, can shit. shorten him and just call him Raj. I think we just call Bro. him Raj. Bro. Bro. <laughs> Travis. I know. Look, guys, I didn't do that. I know you didn't. I didn't do that. I, I was know. threatening to do that earlier as a joke. I know. I didn't do that. Well, I, I'm not going to say the floodgates are open because I'll have it too much to edit out right. because they're the not. Yeah, they're not. Floodgates are still closed. The so I'm curious. Stupid. I'm curious, Brendan. So this year so far, what is your uh, for the horror world? What is your oh, my God, horror movie for the year so far? 
Forest um, to death. It's forced to death. Forced to death. The oh my it god. Is, it is. It is not one of our DBS movies. I probably say the best one I've seen. And I've seen pretty much everything. It was Talk to Me. Um, was the best one I've seen so far. And I I, I ask because um for as much podcasting as we do um and you know and I do the nightclub and I also do a couple of other ones. The the kind of common consensus is it's been a fairly flat year. There hasn't been a ton of a ton of standout. That's that that's my common consensus from the people that I talk to. Not Travis. Travis no, does not agree with that. I do not agree um, with that. But it's not it's not twenty twenty two where we it seemed like we had heavy hitters kind of coming like almost weekly. So I, I and I would agree with you. Talk to me is definitely one of the standout films. Um so you know, going forward and and, and especially talking about your kind of your horror background. You, you mentioned Tremors and Tremors is a, just a, just a legit movie. Yeah. What is your horror comfort food right now? Um, indie film films. I watch mostly indie stuff. Um, that's why when you guys had the Adams family on there, I think they are probably some of the best, if not the best independent filmmakers. And when I say indie films, like this is something that people kind of get away from a little bit where they think a 24 is independent and they're really not, they're massive and they have $30 million budgets. I think somewhere along the lines, independent and like quirky films kind of like interchange where people are like, right. right, this is a little bit weird. Like it must be independent when really I'm looking at films that are probably under a hundred thousand dollars. Um, so I'm watching a lot of independent, straight independent stuff. It's usually myself, but I watch, I still go to movie theaters. I saw The Exorcist. I saw Boogeyman, Evil Dead. Like I still see all this stuff. I just consume as much as possible. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the, the Haunting Hill House guy, um, Flanagan's new one coming out, but it's just yeah, really well. in between these movies. Cause probably next week I have to start. We're doing a Haunted House movie. So I'm going to go down all the Haunted House movies again, just rewatch them and try and figure out, you know, what kind of tropes we can kind of use or, you know, cool stuff. It's almost like watching film when you're like uh for like football or something. Or but subvert. I, I would say I've, subvert the tropes if you can. Yeah. Well, we, we try and always do our different trends, but for the most part, um, you know, there's certain things that I like. There's stuff that I pull from. You guys brought it up and, you know, forced to death. I love Shaving Private Ryan. You'll see like little Easter eggs yeah, and stuff man. in there. But, I, you know, I pride myself on having our own take on a lot of this stuff and being unique and staying away from a lot of the, the stuff with Hollywood where it's like, all right, it's made for the algorithm. It's made for a general audience. We're still trying. I mean, like, look at the Roger movie, Cold Grave. It's just, it's wild. You don't really see anything like that outside of like Mandy or something crazy. But, um, you know, I'm watching the old stuff now because I have like about two weeks off right now. Going back, watched a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street today. Watched the, I watched Halloween the other day. I'm an 80s guy. That's my favorite stuff. 70s and 80s horror is, is where I'm at. Um, which obviously you saw, you know, with force of death. And what I find interesting, this is the question I was going to ask you a minute ago, um, where I was, where I was heading with it was as, as a filmmaker and you've got all this history behind you, you see this indie shit coming out, the real indie shit, the, like you're saying the low budget, um, not a big crew like the Adams family. They do everything themselves. There's no one there doing it with, they might hire a few people, but they hire a few people. You have this universe, it seems like you're building, DBS universe, and what y'all are doing online, like with y'all's Discord, and involving the fans uh, to, to, to different degrees, and sometimes to amazing degrees, where they're not only a part of one movie, 
you carry some people on to be a part of the next movie, the next movie. Is there like some kind of grand plan maybe coming up where we see different, and I'm asking this because of what we saw tonight in the Roger project in, in a cold grave where you have different uh, facets of the DBS universe, not fully bleeding in, but sort of bleeding in, you know, like, like not being not fully tied in, but bleeding in. Is there some kind of grand plan there? I mean, we kind of just go with the flow. There's no real, <laughs> you know, there's no real giant master plan. It's Hold just on, like, why, hey, did, why did he bust out laughing? What uh, is that about? Um, <laughs> it, it's Ben. But basically, I, I just make the next movie. I, I live to see another day. We live by one movie at a time. That being said, I'd love to have like a, a villain mashup or a monster mashup where they all come out there and battle each other. I think that'd be really cool. But we do... We throw little Easter eggs back for people who watch all our movies. We use similar names, Rudwick Forest. We use different, similar characters. We have different callbacks. And that's just a reward for our fans who've watched, you know, the 15 movies that we've made. Um, and I've always wanted to kind of do that. I think the devil's in the details with a lot of these movies. And unfortunately, just being low budget and how quickly we make them, we don't really have as much attention and detail as I want. But if I could throw an Easter egg here or there, we can do a callback to Roger or to another movie that we've made before. You know, I think that rewards the fans. And I think people like that. I always liked as a horror fan, you know, little callbacks, little Easter eggs. They can be like, hey, I knew that from another movie or that was a cool callback. I think that, you know, that's kind of cool. I ask that because whenever you see and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, use Roger's term, when you see clown boy. <laughs> Hey, clown yeah. boy, when he pops up in the movie, I'm like, oh, shit, that's homeboy from uh, Murder House. Girl in Cabin. Girl in oh, it's Cabin Girl in Cabin 13? 13? Right? Okay, well. But, see, that's why I was laughing, because it's like, that movie is full of DBS callbacks, but none of them were really that planned out. They're like, well, we got this mask. Let's just fucking throw it in. <laughs> and like, I'll, I'll admit, People like, seem to like Roger, so let's just do a film with Roger. I can see it could happen, or it could not happen. What a kind of just like DBS universe. Yeah, like, like I, it, it, it may exist. Like I think I referred to a cold grave as maybe it's a sequel, maybe it's a spinoff, maybe it's a multiverse. You know who the fuck cares? Just watch the movie. Well, and that's and that's something that that I did want to touch on once we start talking about the movie proper. But I'm a a, a fan of the movies or and what what y'all are doing, like in total. I I respect what y'all have going on. Am I as well versed as some of the folks in y'all's discord? No, no. I watch a lot of other movies and I know that y'all have fans. Y'all have fucking diehard fans that love it, know it. They know everything about the movies. They know everything about the characters. And I think that is just, mwah, that is chef's kiss. Awesome. Yeah. Y'all got a cult. yeah. And that's yeah. rad. I it's mean, that's a, that's a shout out to my brother who runs that discord does a really good job of, you know, keeping everyone engaged. And it's a, it's, it's important for me to just kind of find the horror fans, the people who really like horror. It's hard to find people who like indie horror just because of the budget difference. I mean, you guys have probably watched a ton of horror movies. The ones that you probably say are good that are under a hundred thousand dollars are probably maybe five or six. You can name those and that's it. And that's kind of a problem that you have as an independent filmmaker is that when you're trying to show your movies to other people and they're comparing them to, you know, A24 or Blumhouse, these multi-million dollar ones, it's like, it's hard to, to match up with them. 
Mm-hmm. And so oh, for a long I... time, we had we had people who just gave us negative reviews, and then we started cultivating them. You know, Kellen started growing them, and we just find the the people who really like horror, the true horror fans. And, you know, we're doing really well right now with capturing them. And, you know, my goal is to have a thousand really true horror fans. And if I have to go on all these podcasts and do everything, go to these horror conventions to find them, it's worth it. I think you're honestly selling yourself a little bit short because I can think of off the top of my head, I can think of five of your movies that I love. Like I love love. And and one of them is is the uninvited. And and Kellen and I have had that discussion about like most people think that's the worst one. And I'm like, well, okay, I don't, I'm not most people and I don't give a shit what everybody else thinks. I honestly don't. Um, so no, I, I, to Travis's point, I think you're making some magic. And we definitely talked with Kellen a bit about the, as Ricky called it, a cult. And it's, but it's a cult in the best way. It's a, it's a cult of supported people and people that are willing to do damn near anything. But at the same time, be involved like on the ground floor of something. So, I think that's, I, I, it's, it, we said it before, it's such an impressive thing. So like for my chair, I, I've always kind of wondered, and I see a little bit about your auditions and your things like that. Um, give me a, just a little more touch background as the director of all these things, how you're able to bring in your cult <laughs> and then, but like also say, but my vision is to make a good movie. So how do you mix those two? Cause that's always been a, a really it's been a question in my head because I see the people in the discord and they're passionate as hell. And it's like, how do you go through all of that and find the perfect people for, you know, the next movie? Well, I mean, everyone gets a fair shot. Um, and I do wait, I give people who are fans and reward us and are active, you know, they get a little bit of a boost opposed to people that I don't know through casting agents or on backstage or the other services we use just because I know they are ride or die. Like one big thing with actors is if you go on, you know, you come on set, I don't know if you're going to be able to, number one, do what we're trying to get you to do because it's hard on an indie set. You're working 12 hours. I shoot really, really fast. This isn't a Hollywood set. And the concern for me, because I have a limited amount of time and we have a lot of money on these projects, if someone's just like, no, I don't want to do this and they walk off, we're screwed. Like that's it. We're done. The Discord people, I've never had a problem with that. They come on set. They get it done. And they, you know, they leave and they're fantastic. I think the difference is the Discord people give, um, they get an opportunity. And I think an opportunity is what a lot of people need. I think there's a lot of talent out there that just hasn't had an opportunity to do it. And I've probably worked with maybe 200, 250 actors now. And there's actors who are more talented than others. But I really think it's just experience behind the camera. You know, it's how many reps can you get behind the camera? How much practice can you get? Because when you come on set and you have, you know, our crew's really small, but, you know, you have this huge camera out there. We're bringing you on set right off a plane. I'm like, all right, ready, let's go. Like immediately, that's super nerve wracking. Like I've been in front of the camera and I hate it. It's horrible. It's like I just I get nervous and I freeze up. And I think a lot of that is just you need people with experience to get there. But I think they need the opportunity. And that's what I really love about the Discord is it's giving people the opportunity to come on here to get reps behind the camera. And just to give you an example, Tatum um, was an interviewer in uh, Horror in the Forest. Then she was a lead in our another movie, our um, The Bigfoot Project. And then she was also in the last one we did. And she came from the Discord. And her growth has been phenomenal. And I literally can see the growth from actors from the first scene that we shoot to the end. 
And sometimes it's like fantastic. It's like, man, I wish I could go back and reshoot some of that stuff because they got so much better. But I think, um, you know, it's just the opportunities are limited. And if I could provide, you know, the opportunities for people to get on set, to see what it's like, especially ones who are true horror fans, you know, that's really cool to me. Let me ask you this, because you, you were talking about uh, potential and all. You ever plan on having a film with a fucking priest in it? Uh, not a priest, but like a like a a uh, evangelical evangelical Southern preacher. You ever you ever picture that in your mind, dude? I I would love to do that. I'd love to do a, a Louisiana movie. My day job um, is a publishing company, and we have a lot of books that do really well on uh, New Orleans voodoo stuff. I always love that stuff. So you guys, let me know. Um, oh, yeah. I can I can I can be the evangel. I've I've wanted to do that role. Since I was fucking, and you know, we'll do. I'll we'll be get, the I'll be the Sasquatch with the cyborg dick that kills him. <laughs> we'll we'll get someone we'll get someone to levitate too. How's that sound? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to levitate. If I can levitate in front of the pulpit and be like, the Lord has told me. Oh, bruh. Oh, I bruh. just had bruh. I had a pre production meeting today, and we we're gonna purchase one of those green screen suits. So we're gonna lift an actor up. And then mm-hmm. we can CGI out so we can get a levitation scene in the next movie. Oh, oh yeah, man. I love That's it. dope. It's already a 10. Um, okay. okay. So not to, not to shortchange Ben, Brendan, thank you for, um, answering all those questions and being very fucking verbose about it. I love it. Um, if that's the right word, I'm stupid. Um, that works, but forthright is also good. <laughs> yeah. English, uh, whatever. Yeah. I, I, hey, man. What'd I can you write... say about his foreskin? <laughs> <laughs> I can I can write a little bit, but uh, sometimes I forget the meanings. Ben, um, dude, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show and to to have a character to embody a character for you. Please tell us, tell the listeners what it's like going from Forest of Death, where you had this. You were on here, and you said you you know you had kind of given up on acting. You you were kind of on the outs to a degree, and you were like, fuck it. You got this role. You came back. You fucking nailed the role. And critics agree. Like, people that wrote up reviews of the film loved your character. Just being honest, like, that was, like, the thing that was talked about a lot. I think that's why you got your own film here. How is it returning to the role of Roger? Is it like slipping into a, a warm bath <laughs> full of tobacco um, spit? You know what? It was and it wasn't the same times i've never played the same character twice outside of when i first started a long time ago and used to do sketch where you do recurring characters never played the same character twice and you know roger the cold grave literally i think came out of us just texting each other screwing around with silly ideas i don't know at what point it actually became a serious idea to like let's do an entire roger movie but it was, this was fun. Like, you know, I'd do it again. And then it gradually kept growing and growing and growing. But what happened was it's a different Roger. So Roger and Forest of Death came, you know, the basis for it was Crazy Ralph and the Friday 13th movies, the, you know, those silly 80s movies when you go to Hollywood Video or the local store and you rent the, the cheapest movie there. And that was the basis for that Roger. That was the, you know, was my my favorite thing as a kid growing up was that kind of character. 
and from there it morphed into what it became. But this time around, it was that same basis of where he's from and who he is. But for him to be an entire character, we had to create him all over again. So I took the same basis as blue collar, hardworking Southerner, and then we built from there. Of you know, foster kid probably didn't get the education because he had to take care of someone. And because Roger came from Jake the Snake Roberts, I went back to wrestling for Roger again. And this time, my first thought was, what would what would make Stone Cold Steve Austin cry? Like, what would it take for him to get to that point? And then I started putting myself through the process of how much could I listen to? How much could I study? How much could I do in terms of missing children, child murders, child abductions, all the most horrific things in the world to get myself to that point? And then once I got myself to that point of being able to slide in and out of a character who can be this fun-loving, quick-witted, smart-ass, but now he is traumatized. Now he is dealing with something that would make Stone Cold Steve Austin cry. And in order to find more of a grounding form, what does he do for work? What does he like? Where does he go? I went to um, the Briscoes, uh, Ring of Honor tag team, for anyone who's a wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, A week before shooting, one of them um, was killed in a car accident. So when we got time to shoot, every time I had to go into that mode, it was, God, easier is the wrong word. But because I was a big fan of their tag team and it was a a wrestler that I really liked, he just died. And now I'm going to do a character that I based upon them. Like getting to some of those points where a character that was cracking the jokes and had a hint of uh, fun rising to now be this broken character, uh, it it got me there a lot easier. So it was the same steps in terms of building him and going to similar locations, but the end result was drastically different where I wanted Roger and Forrest of Death to be Crazy Ralph, but fun Crazy Ralph and a little bit of a red herring, kind of a bad guy and a little mysterious. And again, that throwback to the, the Hollywood video stuff, um, Shout out to my friend I used to know with Rocco, uh, biggest dick in North New Jersey, Rocco Calandra. <laughs> that we spent all of our seventh, eighth grade and high school lives renting movies to see that character. And then this Roger was more based on me as a parent. You know, that movie Prisoners really rang true. A lot of the unsolved mysteries. Um, texting Brendan, I just listened to 14 hours of child abduction. I think I'm going to kill myself now. Yeah. To get to that point. So. Same character, different trauma, I guess would be the easiest way to put it. You know what could make Stone Cold cry? Running out of beer. That would make that man cry, I think, a little bit. No, because he goes right to the wine. He has a shot of tequila, a shot of whiskey. (laughs) What? What? A margarita. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, and for Roger, though, so, like, for me, this was, and I think you guys know at this point that I I love Forest of Death and and I love the Roger character. I mean, I think we I think we covered that in your cock of the walk and your overall girthiness. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was impressive to see this truly strutting rooster. You know, the I'm gonna fuck your girlfriend, city boy, turned into in a lot of scenes a stumbling, falling down, drunk. That was like just trying to keep it together. Yeah. Um, 
I, I honestly think the transformation is super impressive because I knew it was the same guy, but I just knew he was in a different place. And that it I went think from is... Forest of Death to Bourbon Street real quick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I think it's quite an accomplishment to take a character like that and to <laughs> give you a hardcore difference of night and day in their life. And when things are good and you're feeling it and things are just rolling and it's like, yeah, you, you, you walk into a party and you say, I'm going to fuck your girlfriend, city boy. And then on the other side of that coin, you're like, I've lost a beloved family member and I don't know what to fucking do. And I am in the goddamn gutter. Um, but I know it's the same guy. So I, I honestly thought that was super impressive. So, I mean, and I'm not trying to blow you here, Benjamin, but I mean, I, no, I, no, please, please. It was, but let him, okay, but let well, him. Yeah. Or, or he'll make you let him. <laughs> yeah. He well, will forcefully blow you. <laughs> yeah. Well, a, 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 a soft and subtle hand on the back of my neck is a good indicator. So that's fine. <laughs> um, but I, I'm just, I'm saying, I'm saying I loved it and I love the transformation and I love that it didn't seem like you were afraid to let Roger become this kind of, I don't want to use the term bumbling idiot because he wasn't a bumbling idiot, but he was just like sort of broken and lost. A broken guy. Right. And, right. and, and I loved watching that. I love that cocky son of a bitch that I knew as Roger be broken. I loved watching that because it felt very true to life for me. Like, cause that can happen. Made him, made him more realistic too. Yeah. yeah cause you can be in a you place where I mean? you just got things and they're clicking and sometimes things are not clicking. And when you're not clicking, it's like, it can be shit. And so I just love that. Since we're talking about the character so much, let's clickety-clack and let's do that shit. What you're going to want to do tonight, if you have not seen a Colgrave, and you haven't, because this episode is probably right, going to drop. definitely haven't yet. Well, let so. me ask Brendan that before we even jump into it. When do you think this movie is going to be, um, and maybe you don't ballpark it for the, for the listeners, when do you think this is going to be a wide release uh, for, for everyone out there that could go watch it on Tubi or wherever you guys you know find a home? Um, well, this always seems to happen to us. I'm like, all right, I'll get this out by October. And then I start, I go down my list of people I call and I show them the movie and it happened with our last one. They're like, Hey, I think we can, you know, have a bigger deal with this one. So we have about a two week delay on this guy It's going off to the American film market, um, to see if we can get some bigger players interested or a little bit better deals going on. Um, but I fully anticipate it to be out before Thanksgiving, um, but once again, I don't know. I mean, I think you guys just drop this pod whenever you want to, and we kind of have this as a teaser, but, uh, with this thing being indie, we don't really get a street date. Um, but I would say probably around Thanksgiving would be the latest, um, and hopefully before, but then again, if it gets picked up by a big deal and we're in the theaters with Skinnamarink and Outwaters, man, I'm, I'm fine with that as well. Hell yeah. Also, yeah. That, that, that wouldn't be a bad thing. What you're going to want to do tonight. Is you're gonna want to get Payad in the woods, oh, prob- yeah. probably about thirty feet from your backyard, because Roger. Well, worked... Wait, what was that word? Payad. Payad. Drunk. Pa-yod. Drunk. That's, that's that's Cajun French for all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like Roger. Pa-yod. Like your boy right now getting fucked yeah, up, right. or like Travis. You know, at some point, I'm gonna have to play a Cajun just so uh-huh. I can start talking like you guys for fun. <laughs> If he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't cast us before you as a real Cajun, I'm gonna be mad. Just saying, that's cultural appropriation, yo. You that's gonna cultural. Get, yes. You gonna get canceled? <laughs> canceled over here, canceled, bro. We're, we're no, a recognized things... minority. You can't do since that. 1980. <laughs> since 1980, recognized minority, right here. Right Dude, here, the most famous thing I've ever done in my life is play a Southern cowboy, and I'm from New Jersey. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've already for shame. Encroached well, on other people's. Can, maybe we can get it on the calendar. We can have Kuyan History Month. But, no, but we'll, as, as it stands right we'll now, work, we're not. We'll work we're not with going you, bro. To. We'll you know. We'll be like the. We'll be like the producers for that, bro. We'll we'll get you. No, no, we'll, no. We'll get you Cajun up. That's so, not how they talk. Come on. So what you Come really want to do? What you really <laughs> want to do then is tonight is not culturally appropriate the Cajuns. Okay, cast them for real. <laughs> You hear me, Brandon? <laughs> Cast us for real. I got and... you guys, man. I got you. <laughs> no, I'll give you guys, I'll send Benjamin over with you guys for one month and you guys cage him up and then we'll we'll start rolling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the you guy know. in the van be, needs be, an entire be, team of Cajuns. Be careful because when you're shooting, he's gonna snatch a squirrel off a tree and just eat it right there. So just you know, oh, aim, yeah. aim, no, no, you know what you, you know what I'm really gonna do is if we driving down the road after I pick you up from the airport and I see a turtle. I'm going to stop all the traffic on fucking I-10, and I'm going to jump out and grab that bitch and say, Benjamin, hold on. Get a bucket. We're going to cook a sauce pecan tonight. We're going to cook some rice. (laughs) It's going to happen. Tonight's movie is A Cold Grave. It's a sequel, prequel. We're about to find the fuck out what it is to Forest of Death. We're not sure. Wait, was this all the prologue to this moment? Are you going to do the opening right here? No. Was that whole? Was that no, all the no, preamble? No, 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 it no. sounds like you're about to play the opening credits, like it's a CW show. We're 45 minutes in. Yeah. No, well, no. <laughs> well, now now <laughs> we're starting the movie review. Yeah. Now it's the movie. <laughs> oh, review. okay. Hashtag listen to the show. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do your homework, I, bitch, and then you'll yeah. get it. Okay. So do you know how many things I listen to? <laughs> I get they, confused very oh, easily. He, I'm he falls picking. he falls asleep to a good Rogerine every single night. He does. He, he's well, no, down, I, I listen like 15 minutes of this. And I go 20 minutes of this. And I come back. And I go to something else. And I come back. I have like ADD of podcasting. <laughs> like one of your shows could take me a solid week to get through because I listen to five minutes and then you guys ramble too much and then I'll come back and I'll listen to like an hour and I'll go away and I'll come back for five minutes. Oh, like it, I just I know the formula. I want to sell the DBS audience that's listening to this. <laughs> Don't listen to this man. Listen to this show. <laughs> it's got a structure. <laughs> the only reason I can say that is because I listened to it enough. I, I would say, no, you have not listened to it enough. I'd say give it one more try. One more, one, try. More, <laughs> one more try. One more try. Hashtag tangents, the nightclub. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, tonight's movie is Forest to Death. We're going to find out if it's... No, it's a, not. Is it Forest to Death? Co- Cold Grave. Death. Cold Grave. God he's damn. done. He's done fuck me all up. You done fuck me all up. No, no, edit. I'm leaving all this in. I'm leaving it all (laughs) in, baby. Yeah. It's a train wreck. Hey, y'all are here for the ride. Yeah. Y'all are here for the ride. Hey, man, just make sure you guys record this one. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Not me me looking up at the left of the screen to make sure. (laughs) For real. We're not even an hour in, and this is off the rails. It's awesome. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I love this show so much. <laughs> Welcome to the nightclub. Oh, you bastards. Why are you torturing me like this? Why? <laughs> Shut up. Forest. 
he just did. Shut up. Shut up. Okay, let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. I'm going to keep making movies just so I can keep coming back and do this show. Good. Oh, yeah, Kev. And Travis will call it the forest of death every time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Here we go. So, like, he's about to do an intro for the movie review part. It feels like we just had, like, it's like a prologue. And now we're here. Yeah. See, that's what I said. Now we're going to do the actual intro. Now we're going to do the actual movie. I fucking listened. Oh, I thought we were doing the epilogue where Roger took three tabs of acid and had six beers and fell down the steps of the back of his house in the deck and then fell into the woods and went, I'm lost. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that was okay. it's like a cold break. Three. Roger on acid. <laughs> oh. Boy, was on that salvia. I think that, yeah. I think that was actually a Kellen idea. A Cold Grave is a 2023 American horror film. Who wrote this shit? It was Brendan and, and, and Benjamin. I don't have credits on this. This shit ain't on IMDb yet, is it? Yeah, that's not on IMDb. I'd say, yeah, probably both of us wrote it. Um, he was pretty involved Wait, in the process. On. Why is it not on IMDb? Oh, because people keep stealing our movies. What? Yeah, so IMDb, I really don't like IMDb. Um, if you look at Girl in Cabin 13, someone stole our listing, and IMDb refuses to take it down. <laughs> That's, <laughs> so some bullshit. Yeah, That's some bullshit. That's some bullshit. It's like a fake poster. Someone created a fake poster. and did That's like, how you know you're famous. Up. Yeah. When someone not only stalks you, they fake create an entire fake profile of your movie. Oh my lord! That is yeah, a so, I, that is a level it, of talent. I don't know anyone else to have outside of him. They have that level of stalker. That is some creepy stalker shit, though. Yeah, man. so we don't we don't really, we don't put the IMDb page up until it's like a couple weeks out because of that. And like IMDb is just like, no, we're not taking it down. I like email them and they're like, we <laughs> preserve history is like what they say, which is just wild. That's just such a wild thing to say. What the fuck um, does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> that's like literally a customer. They're like, we don't delete things. We preserve history and i'm just like this is obviously fake someone like made a fake poster on microsoft paint and you can go look at it go look at it it's weird and i don't even know what the reasoning is but it messes with all our links because it'll go to like amazon and all the buy watch links and it screws our stuff up so we've learned that lesson uh we wait a couple weeks to get the uh imdb up okay well tonight's movie a Cold Grave 2023 American horror film, independent American horror film from DBS Studios, written by Brendan Rudnicki and Benjamin Newmark, and directed by ben- Brendan Rudnicki. Um, and it's starring, look, I just watched this tonight. So it's starring Benjamin Newmark. I know it's starring Tatum. Phyllis, Tatum's in there. Phyllis <laughs> in on the cast because Stuart Maxheimer. Stuart Maxheimer's in it. Um, Brent Downs, who is the cop in Murder House, came in. He was in that. You one know what? Night. Everyone is. They did such a memorable performance that I could literally name everyone off the top of my head who was in it. There was Let's Kevin go. Davis, Ashley, Michael Lamberti, Tegan Crossley, Dylan Devane, Benjamin Newmark. Fuck, I'm reading. Uh, Reggie Johnson, <laughs> Tatum Bates, Stuart Maxheimer. He's terrific. He's my favorite actor. Howard Hawkins, Kaylee M. Guerrero. Alicia Garza, I'm gonna say that wrong. Her name's Vin. Was that Volkswagen. Howard at the end? Was that Howard yeah. at the very end? That was Aries. Titanium yep. Steve. I love, Howard. I love I love Howard. I love Howard too. Dude, he's he amazing. He's a he's a ride or die. I had to like message him last minute. I was like, Hey, do you have a lawnmower? I have to run someone over in Girl in Cabin 14. And he's like, Of course I do. I got you, man. And he like he does all our props now. Like huge shout out to Havoc props that he operates. Um, but he's like guy from our Discord. I mean, he will, he will literally probably kill someone for us. And he's just one of our Ooh. better friends. 
I want to have Howard on on this show because you should. He's a great guy. He is. He hops in some of our watch alongs. He he hops in sometimes when we watch movies, and he's always fun to have around, man. Yeah, and I thought in in uh, uh, Forest of Death, I'm going to keep fucking, god damn it, I'm fucking these names up. I'm getting payout. I told y'all, so y'all better fucking be ready. Um, oh, look at look at Benjamin get ready for his prison movie. Oh, He's totally. The, getting ready for- <laughs> I, I started no. sweating and now I, I can't stop sweating. Soon you're going to lose the tank top and you're going to become part of the nightclub. Well, he's um, going to be the girl. I'm, girl I'm of sweating for some reason. One of us. Um, oh, yeah, but here, how- come, here comes that teardrop tattoo and that girl in cell fifteen. <laughs> Yep, so here's worked. the opening to Forest of Death. Too. It's just this with a teardrop. I want I want to get Howard on for real though because I loved him in um, Forest of Death. He came in there out of nowhere. I believe he told us that that was his first performance ever. Yeah, and did, that yeah. that man felt like a character actor. Like he felt right. like he felt he had, like a seasoned character actor. Man, yeah, he did like, a fantastic job. Love him. Well, love you know what? great about him is he has a very natural charisma like, like when he's like the you. camera's not like on it's kind of no, like you. i'm i i'm a miserable hermit when i'm not on camera but howard aries on camera off camera he is that same level of energetic charismatic fun human being which is willing to do anything yeah. when you get to see on the screen at some point that will be expanded Towards more than just saving the day every fucking time. Like at some point he'll screw up saving the day, then have to make up for it, and then save the day, and then you're gonna say something. <laughs> just saying, lo- love Howard. Um, they're not trying to shortchange any other actors. I just because he's on the Discord, he's participated in our stuff too. I, I, I've and I liked his performance in that movie. So, um, I'm gonna make up fake trivia. This movie was shot in Alaska. Uh, you could tell by the palmettos. <laughs> um, and also, <laughs> no, like t- tell us a little trivia about this film, guys. We see this is the cool part. Normally, is right right here. We do our production notes. We do trivia on the movies that we're covering. But now we've got the director and the star of the film that we're talking about tonight yep. here with us. Give us some production notes. Give us some Get trivia. Behind the scenes, please. Literally, it's. I think this did start with us just texting each other about what would be a silly idea for Roger. And then Brendan have an idea of just wanting to see a guy go insane in the woods. And this started as a very small, like, let's just see what happened with like three people in the woods. And then by the time we got to the last uh, pre-production meeting, in his very bougie building, where there's naked Brazilians just walking around in the enclosed pool area. Yes, um, yes. That, okay. That's just what life is like when you're a yeah. successful horror director. You just live around naked Brazilians all the time, and you have <laughs> naked yoga mats by your window. I hear that all the um, time, all the time. But by that last production meeting, it was like, throwing some fucking zombies. Let's just see where this can go. And it slowly started escalating and escalating and escalating until it became a little bit more than a smaller film. But at its heart, it was always like, let's just see a guy go crazy. And the most famous thing about Roger and Force of Death was, hey, that big scene was improvised. I can tell you that this movie um, was somewhere between uh, like 90 to 95% improvised. That was a question that we all had. And so, yes, Brendan, take it away, because that was the question we all had. Yeah, I think that. The goal when I wanted to do this project was I want to do something super low budget that like I just wanted Roger in the woods. Fuck that up. Yeah. (laughs) 
it kind of grew. It's still our lowest budget movie to date, but I'm like really proud of that because it's like, all right, all these kids go to film school and they want to raise like a million dollars to make a movie, and you can get Roger and a pack of uh, what beers are you drinking? You're drinking like uh, Miller High Life, Miller yeah, High Life, had, and a pack of cigarettes. Was, uh, was like that was like thirty percent every shoot night. Eight Miller High Life. <laughs> I was wondering how much of the budget beer and cigarettes were. It was like thirty percent so, of the budget. Hold on, hold on, hold. The, the cigarettes phone. got in, hold, wait. No, no. I was doing the math on the smoking because you were lighting up every in the, scene, in the uh, film. In their yeah. film, there's fourteen cigarettes. They smoke fourteen times throughout that movie. Now there's about like seven or eight scenes that didn't make the movie. Which I'm also smoking it. So say total scenes for smoking, maybe 21. Each one's about five takes. It's like 105 cigarettes I smoked over the span of six days to make this movie. God. So just think it's about 105, not including the cigarettes I smoked in between takes just to make sure I could keep that kind of nicotine. (laughs) So you have to double it, which means probably 210 cigarettes were smoked on top of the four Miller Highlights I had a night to stay in character. So if you're looking at this whole thing, and it's not the little Miller Highlights, it's the big Miller Highlights. It's it, the big, you know, the Kellen tall boys. Screw around. Yeah, when yeah, Kellen's yeah. taking my order, he doesn't screw around. So <laughs> each one of those probably like three beers, four <laughs> nights, so 12 beers, six days. Was it 72 beers and 200 cigarettes to make this movie? That is the kind of dedication you don't get at film school. Bro, yeah. I wanted I mean, to ask you that. It's like, were you inebriated while filming? No. No. I don't. No, the only I think the only tonight I even caught a buzz was the night I wasn't filming more than Kaylee. When you so, turned into like Jack I, Torrance, I, I, and you were, you were Jack Torrance it? Okay. Yeah, Jack, yeah. Let, right. let me let me say this. I don't know if he's inebriated, but we were coming coming out of the woods because we had to hike about half a mile to get to this shooting location each night. And I come out there one night. He's all more by himself. Days. He's dancing on a picnic table. <laughs> With a light, <laughs> listening to Miley Cyrus, and it's like nice. one in the morning. But I, I don't want to say he was inebriated because we don't drink on set and we don't smoke on set. But he was feeling, he was feeling a fun buzz. Is fun, right? Okay, so so the Miley Cyrus fun is fun, right? It's about, no, 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 hold on. You don't, you don't drink about... on set. You don't drink on set. No, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. um. Oh. I, I'm going to defend the we, Miley Cyrus. We were, at DBS, we were on a very clean set, right? Yes, exactly. Very clean. Exactly. Well, I mean, the, the people books. in charge of things don't drink on set. Like, Brendan's not drinking on set until, you know, I wish I could. Um, <laughs> but the, 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 the Miley Cyrus thing, in order to get the Roger voice down, you have to be able to go through an entire array of emotions. So as you saw, he's manic. He's sad. So for me to be able to cue in on that, I had to find a ridiculous song that I like that I could sing as Roger. Oh, we're not so judging you for the Miley Cyrus. I'm laughing because you were dancing on a picnic table. No, I'm a great dancer. I, I was actually doing more of a striptease <laughs> on the table while singing the Miley I bet you're Cyrus the, I bet song. You're the, I bet you're the best at being humble. Was it Wrecking yeah. Ball, no. Roger? Was it Wrecking Ball? Yeah. Did you come in like no? A it was uh, the best. Hold on. The best. We yeah. were good. <laughs> we were gold. Kind of dream that can't be sold. We were right when we're wrong. If you just listen to Miley Cyrus yeah. talk in general, that is kind of close to it's the very Roger voice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, she, can... yeah. She's yeah. She's two packs a day. Easy. Yeah. She's oh, two easy. packs a day. Yeah. She's got a gravelier voice than Tom Waits at this point. Yeah, that's saying something. <laughs> She's like, oh, 
Every it's time very she similar. Yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm legitimately a big fan of her. Like she hosts a New Year's special with Dolly Parton while I was prepping for Roger and, and putting yourself in a country mindset. That was the wettest of wettest dreams because you had like the most beautiful and um, vivacious woman of all time with Dolly Parton. And then you had the one that like two drinks in, like she could probably go home with you with Miley Cyrus. So in Roger's world, like that's everything. <laughs> I want to say right now for the listeners of this show, Dolly Parton does the fucking Lord's work. And if y'all don't know about Dolly Parton and what she actually does in real life and has done for decades, just do a deep dive on Dolly Parton real for, for your own sake and find out what a good human being she is. That's oh, all yeah, I'm going to say. She said Jolene. Even at her age, I would still deep dive Dolly Parton. So yeah, no trouble there. Mm-hmm. I don't um, blame you. I don't blame you. I do I, have, I if I could, it. Travis, I do have one more question for Brendan. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like something that's in my like sticking in my head that I I feel like I have to ask. So as the as the director of all these movies, and then as you're talking about giving as many people an opportunity to do something, that is not something that you hear a director say frequently. That I'm all about opportunity. It's usually like you're gonna come in, <clears throat> you're gonna do it my way, and if I don't like you, I'm gonna boot your ass to the street. So how do you in your head, how do you balance that like wanting to give people opportunities but also wanting to see your vision come through well i mean a lot of it's through pre-production um and that's like one thing is just communication and i'm it's lucky because i do cinematography as well Mm -hmm. so it's i don't have to communicate with the dp i can communicate with myself and the actor um so even if we're bringing out someone fresh we just do a lot of pre-production and i'll give them a ton of movies that you know we're trying to pull ideas from or something we're trying to do similar um and then i'll work with them on the script and make sure they you know understand the lines they understand you know what i'm trying to get from the character they understand like if there's any kind of like implications of the lines um and we flesh all that stuff out before they even step on set it's a little bit different with ben because you know i have a confidence in him Number one, we come from the same horror background. We like the same stuff. And basically the conversation for this one was like, hey, I really like Mandy. I like Annihilation and I like Prisoners. And I like I want to have this character. I want to do a really dark movie. Um, You know, can we get something from this? And that's like what we got. But I can't be like that with with everyone. Um, Even in the last movie we did with Ben, he came on set and I was like, listen, you have to come over. These these characters are trying to leave the cabin. This is girl in cabin 14. And you have to be such a big personality that you have to leave, but we don't want it to be not realistic. Like it has to stay realistic. And he would immediately start takes and I cut him immediately. Like I'd be like, nope, that's not it. Do it again, do it again, do it again. And with most actors, that would probably cause them to, you know, start to feel <clears throat> self-conscious or not as confident. But I have a rapport with Ben because I've worked with him before that, you know, we have the understanding. So for new people, I think it's like you got to kind of bring them on. You got to make them feel comfortable because once again, like that biggest thing I talked about before is experience in front of the camera and it's mostly nerves. If they're nervous, they're tight and they're it just that's where the acting starts to become like robotic. And I want them to be as comfortable as possible. And that's done through pre-production with someone like Ben, who really doesn't give a fuck, you know, put him in a situation, just kind of let him go. Yeah. Let, 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 let his inner Nick Cage shine through. That's what I was about to say. It's funny. I love that you mentioned Mandy because I got so much Nick Cage out of Benjamin's performance that it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was kind of what I was going for was, uh, 
you had a few Nick Cage freakouts in this. You had movie. some Nick Cage mo some real cage moments, dude. You know what is I I like to study actors that love acting and love to not be afraid. He's a guy that loves acting. Yes. And his biggest yeah. thing is like if you're gonna make a choice, go, go for, for that choice. Like, don't make pussy out of it. Hell yeah. And a lot of Roger, even the first time, was hey, I'm gonna do something and I'm just not gonna be scared to embarrass myself or do something stupid. But again, that comes from trusting a director that's going to cut you if you're rambling or just not making sense or illogical. And for force of death, you know, he let me go for like 15 minutes. A cold grave, when he started, he would let me go for 10 minutes. For Grown Cabin 14, it would be like five seconds. And he'd be like, no, start over. Okay. Don't even know where I was going with that one, but it must have not been where we wanted to go. And what he said was working with um, Discord. Funny thing about that. So we started Cold Grave and we had four characters, maybe five. And it was, yeah, we're going to use the Discord. And my first reaction was, no, we're not. Let's not do that. That sounds like a terrible idea. Let's not give you my one chance to star in a film that's going to go with a wide release and cast. We have never done this before. That's a terrible idea. Let's not do that. And then we had all these roles at the end and they were all mostly casted by the Discord. Um, except for, I think, I think Stu, I think Stuart Maxheimer was the one that we were both or going through the script was this, you know, who would be perfect for this, uh, this douchebag. That's in no way a douchebag in real life. He might be the sweetest human being alive, but on, on film, perfect douchebag, but everyone else was from the discord. And I thought that was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I thought it was insane. And then when we're on set, we're watching a perform my logic was people pay for acting school. They're stupid. I paid for acting school. I'm stupid because these people are just out here with, with passion and dedication and a desire mm -hmm. that you don't always get from an actor. Cause a lot of us, you know, we're going to take a role because it pays and I've done it. There's some movies that I don't care about, but I know how much they paid me. And that was great. There's some commercials that I don't even remember doing, but they paid pretty well. But with the DBS films, there's a different degree there. Like I wear that jersey. I wear that hat. That's something I'm proud of. And when it comes to the Discord, they're that times a hundred. Yeah. Like they show up more prepared than most actors. They show up more dedicated than most talent because this isn't just an opportunity. This just isn't a role. This is a dream come true. It's almost like he's giving people a fantasy camp. But instead of it being where, oh, my dreams are happening. He's saying like, hey, you got to come play for the team, but it's the bottom of the ninth. And you kind of got to hit home runs and bases are loaded and we're down by three. Uh -huh. And one after one after one after one, they show up and they crush it. Like watching Ray's scene, the psychic with Kaylee, I was watching that with Stu. And we're both classically trained actors, multi-level trained. And we're watching the people that were casted through the Discord and we're blown away and we're watching them of – Here's where they're really nervous. Okay, lack of experience. He's really nervous. Let's see what happens when he hits it. And because you're working with Brendan and Kellen, between every take, they're telling you that, hey, no, we're just going to do it again. Nope, it's fine. Just keep going. It's cool. I got to change the shot anyway. And no matter what happens, they're going to coach you through it. They're going to work with you through it. And it's never that, hey, you got to get it or you're out of here. Or we're just going to move on. Or you're just cut. It's never that. It's we're going to work with you until we get there. And you can start to see people go from panicked and freaking out to, okay, okay, I remember why I'm here. Okay, I'm comfortable now. Okay, now I can do this. 
and then giving a crushing performance. And maybe it was a, an ego of paying money to go to an acting school. Maybe it was just not having that confidence. But at first it was, this is not going to work. And then by the time we wrapped was, this is absolutely going to work. And this is absolutely what needs to be happening. And this is 100% with what's going on in Hollywood with the studio saying, hey, you're writing. Yeah, we don't need it. Your talent, your acting, we don't need it. When you have independent studios, they're not just willing to put their money where their mouth is, but they're willing to invest in their own fans and they're willing to give people an opportunity. That's what this industry needs. This is the kick in the ass this entire industry needs. This is the kick in the ass that's going to take Hollywood and say, you know what? Fuck you. I love that. Go I love take that your especially... AI. Go take it. Yeah, during we're the writer's strike. And Kellen said the same thing. He's like, we're coming. We're hungry and we're coming for you. And I love that tenacity. I love that mindset. I love that fucking indie underground. No one fucking is looking at you. So you're going to come up. Yeah, it's punk rock. It's fucking punk rock, man. Well, see, there's the thing. Two million people just watch that movie on Tubi. People are paying attention. Like, it's growing. All right, y'all. Let's go ahead and dive into a cold grave. So this movie opens with a search party out in the middle of the woods, and I didn't know going into this. I went in completely blind. Um, Benjamin had told us on the episode he was on a few little teasers that we might expect in this film. I forgot those since then. Forgot because... those, right, till we saw them, or for me, till I saw them again. <laughs> right. Grindhouse reminded us a little bit of, of one or two of them, but... This movie starts out found footage, and I want to ask questions about what this movie's intentions were coming up. But the movie starts found footage style, and there's a search party out in the middle of the woods looking for some people who disappeared. And it's got to be in Florida, because look at the woods. It's got (laughs) to be. Um, So I don't know where it was supposed to be set. I don't know if they say. (laughs) Brendan, maybe you could course correct us on this one. No, um, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be in Florida. We shot it in Florida. It's supposed to be in Florida. Okay, and they come across this one guy that's facing away from the camera, and he's contorting and he's freaking out and everything else. And then you get a fucking jump scare where he turns around and his eyes are fucking cut out of his fucking face, and then he's in the camera slitting his own neck. And the whole time beforehand, he was saying, like you do. "Yeah, like you do." She made me do it, and because Roger repeats these these lines later, like she made me do it, and she was watching. She was watching me, mm-hmm. and then we get the point of view of Roger, and he's talking. Dude, before to even that, how like the effects for the eyes, like how cool was that to see? Just start a movie off. Oh yeah, a minute in, and this guy's gouged his eyes out, and just I love that performance here. I think it was great at selling his eyes were out. Yeah, he pops around and he's just like ah, and his oh, eyes are awesome fucking scare. gone. And the, I like, I do like the neck cutting. There's a lot of effective um, scenes in this movie with with some jump scares, and I want to say one of the funniest ones. I don't know because <laughs> I don't yours. know if it's, is yours. I, yeah. yeah, 
fucking Ooh. got all three of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally got, got all three of us. That was great. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, the, the guy, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Well, actually got us. Whenever you jump was, up, you're that like, was like the three percent that was actually scripted. <laughs> really? Well, well, okay. Well, so kudos to the three percent. Hundred percent scripted. That entire scene was just designed for that. Well, let me shout out, um, you know, the guy who played Charles because he was from the Discord and he had a put on, Yeah, he had a put on the uh, prosthetics. Oh, Michael and Birdie. He couldn't see, and he had to stand out there in the darkness with just Tatum because Tatum did the special effects and I had to run that hole because that was pretty much a oneer over and over and over again. He couldn't see anything. And oh, so yeah. he had to pop at the camera and he had to do all this stuff. If we would have had any other Hollywood actor or something on there, they would have been complaining because we're in the middle of the woods. You can't see anything. We're getting hit up by all these bugs. And he came in there and he did that for about three or four hours because we just couldn't get that thing right. And he did a phenomenal job. And he's even before the takes, he's smacking himself on the head to get into character. I'm like, dude, like, don't do that. Like, you're going to give yourself (laughs) damage. And he's like, no, I want it. This is what I got to do. I'm like, man, that's, that's discord in a nutshell right there, man. That guy is so passionate. He's going to give himself a concussion with no eyes. He can't see shit right now in the middle of this woods in the middle of Florida. Who did the opening song in this movie with the acoustic guitar? Because that opening track with the title credit scene is yeah. fucking Paul Mould. Paul Mould. The same guy did the ending credits for Forest of Death. Nice. Well, I I enjoyed it. Is that the same song? No. No, that's, John, that's Johnny Cash. So, like, we, we might not be able to use that. I'm still trying to think <laughs> on it. <laughs> like, I, well, I love I love Johnny Cash, and, like, I think that would be, like, if I could pay any kind of money to get that Johnny Cash song because it's just badass, yeah. um, I'd do it. But I was like, hey, man, like, it's not in copyright, so it's out of copyright. So I texted Ben. I was like, yo, get, get the Paul guy to go do this. And he did it, and it's fucking fantastic. But the one thing that distribution hates is, like, getting sued. And they might not let me do this, which is going to suck. But you guys got the fan version okay. of that song in there. But man, oh, it's, a so, it's great. It was so good. Yeah. We all just kind of, we all just kind of closed our <clears throat> eyes and just went. Yep. yep. The whole, it was, yeah, it was awesome. So I like that that was your way of sneaking in a montage. <laughs> and, and it was really good because so after going through Forest of Death, I'm like, none of this shit happened in Forest of Death. This is a whole new story. So now let's finally get to the thing we've been leading up to all night. Is this a prequel to Forest of Death? Is it a sequel or is it a side story that is unrelated? It just has the Roger character in it. Like what what's going on here? It's just it's, a, it's just a side movie. It's just a Roger movie. Uh, Roger. But we, we do have callbacks to like the Rudwick Forest, which is what we did yep. in Horror in the Forest. Is we've done it in our other movies. Officer Hawk comes in at the end. So mm-hmm. he's uh he's a callback. He calls Joe. into Officer Reynolds, which is another callback to other movies. So we have like these Easter eggs in there. Um in my head I'd love to create like a DBS universe where it's just like all this bad shit happens in this like specific area. But um you, you know, have it. You have it. You have it. We are yeah, you yeah, have you it. thinking you, that. You and kind of already made it. It's called man. Florida. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> well, the place is definitely Florida. If just it, saying, and and just to say, if you never want to give it a state, but like it's you have the 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 
the lore built into all your movies that like it's like you could totally do it and i didn't know i didn't notice those callbacks because again i'm i'm not like super studious with dbs films and it's no it's not a, a an offensive thing it's just i'm not i watch a lot of shit and i'm not watching all the movies over and over but some fans like ricky said y'all's cult fans that love y'all's movies grind will, yeah grind out grindhouse could be one is where y'all will see <clears throat> all of these nods coming up again and again and again and I think as a I'm a lore fan. I love lore big time. And Ricky as well loves like the deep lore. We're lore we're lore freaks to steal yeah. a term from Child yeah, of the Pod. Yeah. Little little lore you're, freaks. You're a lore whore. Lore uh, whore. Lore, there whore. we are. There we are. So I have to ask about Joe because in Horror in the Forest, Joe uh, was Roger's uncle. And so they meet Forest of Death. This is why we well. Forest we did the death. same yes. thing. Yeah, we're God doing the damn same it. thing. We did. We did. Okay, so it's Forrest <laughs> of Death. You're right. We did the same thing. But so he was his uncle in that one. So that's why we start when we were talking. It was like, is this a prequel mm-hmm. or a follow up? Or is this like a South thing where you might not know who your relatives are, but you meet them I, one day? I'll be honest. I, I like to look at it all. And this is going to sound way too pompous. I don't mean it to sound that way. <laughs> But in Shakespeare, <laughs> he's laughing now. Now he's <laughs> laughing now. I love how y'all laugh at each other's shit when y'all talk. I love this shit. Well, because I, I, with Ben, it's like he always when he's about to say something, he like gives you like a little warning. He's like, "I'm about to sound pompous." Pause, and he starts with Shakespeare, like this fucking right. guy. <laughs> so when I did Macbeth, was oh, the very one of the very first things I did. <laughs> Yeah, did you do Othello too? Yeah, were you Othello? Othello, Roger? I just do do the badass ones like Macbeth and Beowulf. Okay, but you don't have enough actors to do it. You have like five or six actors in your troupe, so you play multiple characters. So sometimes you're like, "Hey, you're my dad," but in this next scene, we don't know each other. And now to take it to something more relative, there's a uh, show called Slasher that I love which every season is a whole new story, but it's the same actors. And sometimes they have little winks like, hey, I remember the last time we were in the show, we were lovers, but now you're gay and I'm a trans. So it's like little winks to the characters they've played before, which in Shakespeare is very similar. When two people come out on the stage, there's that little laugh. I think this is similar where it's, hey, this is the same characters, you know, but the relationship's a little different. Or it's the same actor playing the same thing, mm-hmm. but it's a different setting and a different time. So it's almost like if Star Trek and Star Wars just kind of merged, we'd have like, all right, it's just kind of uh, everyone's everywhere at the same time, everything all together all at once. Or Brendan's a genius mm-hmm. and just writes like Shakespeare, even though Shakespeare may have not been a real guy. It was Kevin Bacon. Uh, Kevin okay. Bacon, or no, Sir Francis Kevin Bacon, rather. Uh, yeah, he wrote all the Shakespeare. Um, that's the conspiracy behind that. Um, but uh, I can't believe someone picked up on that. I thought I was going to say that and just let it let it float. Did Shakespeare? Well, I'm, I'm tying it. Person? I'm tying it back to Trimmers. It was just Sir Francis Bacon, but I'm saying yeah, well, Sir Francis yeah. Kevin Bacon. Whenever, whenever you stumble across the the clown I boy, I hop man, or Waffle House. What? That's what y'all got. Y'all got me thinking about bacon. Oh, <laughs> okay. Whenever, whenever y'all show the clown boy from um, <clears throat> Girl in Cabin 13, 
what's the logic behind this this cameo from this villain? Like what what they what just is... told you, bro. There's no logic, bro. Well, I'm uh, just I'm I'm trying to fucking have a show. Well, well Travis is trying, <laughs> Travis is trying to be polite. And I'm gonna say what we were thinking when we saw it. What the fuck? <laughs> like, how does the guy from how does that guy get in there? But then Joe, the uncle of Roger, but not his uncle, apparently. Apparently his trans aunt or whatever it was you said, like shows up and is like, but then he takes his mask off and he's like, he does the Yeah, I, he kind of is like bucks him. One of the points where I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, right? what are you trying to tell me? So I now that we have the masters here, what the fuck were you trying to tell me? I mean, there there really was no logic in there. Like the whole thing with this whole movie was I wanted to be messy and then it kind of straightens out and then it ends messy again. And ideally in my head, he's just on like a coke bender or he's probably OD'd. Yeah, right. so oh, we, nailed nailed it. It. we nailed it. Yes. We nailed it. We nailed it. Okay. That's pretty much how I did it in my head. This dude <laughs> goes, he goes in the woods and he's dead. Um, yeah, you know, I told you guys this the last time. Roger is not a reliable narrator. Just watch we, the ending of the movie. His outfit changes. Bro, we were watching this and we were trying to figure it out. And we were like, we thought Roger, straight up, Roger's drunk in the woods, 20 feet behind his trailer. Well, and he well, just first, went right, <laughs> stumble up in the, in the woods and he's just looking for his sister. But no, look. But but he was an only child actually. Yeah, he's that he's that far gone. That, that so, would have been a twist. Holy shit! Damn. Yeah. Trying to break the story and try and figure out the motivation. Yes. It did come down to what if he's just drunk and says, "I'm going to go find her." Right? Yes, that's well. And that's, that was that's, really what was like. Yeah, that's the onset like, motive. Is what it seems like. And then the deeper you look at the story and the more it gets fucked up and like there's because we're going to come to it like like you you end up meeting Joe and the fucking clown boy and they're like, hey, man, you clown you done boy. went way off trail. Clown, clown boy. boy. Clown boy. That's Dylan. That's Dylan. Dylan's clown Dylan, boy. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. You done went way off trail and he's trying to warn you, like, you got to stay on trail. Got to and... stay on the main trail. Got to keep on the main trail. Better make sure you stay on that main trail. <laughs> It's all about Roger, that main trail. Roger's like, fuck that. Damn, I'm that gonna go take a shit in the woods. And y'all, you watch this video. Where did this, where did this video come from of this guy that's smacking himself over and over oh, again with the rock? Because that, that, that scene is was my, very effective. It was effective. Oh, that's, God. That is Andrew from Horror in the Forest and the Bigfoot Project doing a little cameo here. He uh, um, basically we needed something um in there because uh I think the one critique with this movie is we do a lot of lore, so I appreciate that you guys are lore people. Um a lot of people just want to kind of get to the nitty-gritty real quick, like let's get the witch going, let's get all this crazy stuff happening. And you know, he's gotta explain his sister, we gotta show that he's grieving. There's a lot of stuff character development-wise we needed. We didn't have this scene in here. But we had to do pickups for the Bigfoot project, and Andrew was the lead in the Bigfoot project. And I basically texted him and said, "Hey man, like, you want to smash your head in with a rock?" And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and that, that scene came in, and it's like, I, I, it's me pretty, too, buddy. Me too. I don't think it's <laughs> it really adds too much. Like once again, it doesn't like this whole story is a mess, and then it kind of strains itself out, and it ends in a mess. And that was kind of by design. We wanted to be like, "Is his sister really missing? Is it paranormal?" Are there clown boys out here? Like, 
as many friends as we have. And it's just like, all right, what can we do? We'll have this dude come in here and smash his head in with a rock. And it really, if you look at it, it doesn't really serve much of a purpose other than there's something else going on in this woods that's making people kill themselves. Um, was like what we were going for. And we just needed some kind of action like beat in there. This is like typical indie filmmaking where it's like, all right, this thing's completely edited. We're missing something. What can we do with our limited resources? And then I talked to um Tegan who did the special effects on this one. I was like, can we get a rock smash in there? Like, I think someone's smashing their head and it'd be cool. And she's like, yeah. And that's what we did. Well, See, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, Travis. No, there's go so, ahead. I mean, this, the big thing for me, and this is, this is, I'm not putting upon anybody. This is literally Roger taking the trash out when he's shit faced and getting lost. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I'll be honest, I love it because I have I have been shit faced taking out my trash and like found myself sitting in the middle of my backyard going, Where am I? And I, <laughs> but, so and now that you're telling me all this and you're telling me that, you know, the messy slash get to the point slash messy again. It's all fucking making sense. And it kind of makes sense now. It yeah, makes sense. Sure. It's just making me dig it more. So I, I, yeah, I absolutely almost put that in a synopsis, like messy and then not, and then messy again, because like it, it makes my head fill in all the blanks. And it's like, cause we talked about it while we were watching it. And it's like, we honestly figured that Roger <clears throat> was 30 feet from his back door, but tripping on acid and lost his yep. fuck <laughs> yep. and, and just having his own nightmare. Um, but I think it's something that we've all done at one yeah. point or another, just been like fucked up and just been like your thoughts run wild with you and shit just gets out of control. And now that I know that I am, I'm, I'm fucking digging it. I'm I, totally cause there, it. Cause there are real points in that movie where he's dealing with some shit. Huh? And I think as long as those come across as like, all right, so the emotion is real. Whatever happens after that, you can kind of go on that ride. Well, what's really? fun, right. what's fun is that pain. Your, your character in this movie is trying to find his sister, but throughout the movie, and this gives me Deadstream vibes, and I don't know if y'all saw that movie Deadstream, mm-hmm. low budget. So, hold on, hold on. So there was a list of films we watched to prepare for this. So there was things that like I knew how to do to talk to the camera and how not to talk to the camera. And Deadstream was one of those films that I watched and halfway through, I texted Brendan saying, I can't watch this piece of shit movie. And then by the time it was over, I said, this might be the best movie of all time. I I need to watch this again. But halfway through, notes of what not to do. And by the end, I'm like, I got it. And there was that. And then there was the the Andy Baker tapes were the two that I kept watching to learn how to talk to a camera. But Deadstream, I don't think I would have understood how to talk to the camera right here if it wasn't for that movie. Because that guy was terrific. Yeah, he did a great job, and you you did a great job, like talking to the camera and talking to the audience throughout the whole film. And then when you add your quips, when whenever the humor comes back, that is the Roger character from Forest of Death that adds the funny. And and with <laughs> there's so many lines that I'm not gonna remember right now. I just watched this movie, you guys. Yeah, I just I don't have this picture. <laughs> How the fuck did I get here? Wake up, face down. <laughs> On the forest, no tent. Oh, didn't, ha- didn't even have good. your hat. You lost your hat. You lost. Yeah, your hair, yeah. Samson. He's like, we're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many great lines that are so singular and so fucking awesome. But so okay, 
the first 20 minutes of this movie is like Roger going into the woods, finding, like trying to figure out what he's doing. And then you guys finally get to, there's this weird broken circle of salt in the middle of the woods with oh, a Ouija awesome. board. And I want to ask about this scene because I love this scene mm-hmm. where the planchette starts fucking just jutting back and forth. And, and how did y'all do that? How the fuck did y'all do that? Because that they looked... summoned a fucking witch. They um, summoned a witch. Well, you goddamn right, y'all summoned Valak. Yeah. <laughs> She's in y'all's movie. She's walking Before around. Away, I thought that was Valak, boy. <laughs> She's yeah. that yeah. clown witch. But how did y'all make that planchette move all yeah, over was... the board like that? How did y'all do that? We just stuck a stuck a magnet under it, and I stuck Dylan. Um, and shout out to Dylan. Dylan's. He started as a masked man in one of our movies, moved up to PA, and now he's the AD. And he, like, really runs our sets and does a great job. I stuck him under the table, and he's just moving that thing, and it, it works. And we've done <laughs> it. We've done it before. Good job, Dylan. Good, well, I, good job, Dylan. Shout out, Dylan. Yeah, yep. so I, I'm a fan of anthology horror, and I've always wanted to kind of – so this movie, it was kind of a test piece for a whole bunch of different ideas. Um and like anthology horror, where it's like there's little segments like VHS is sure, like something yeah. I want to do, and I think you I'm guys could you, see bro. that in here. But um, I mean, I just is he back- taking a piss right now? He is. He, yeah. he, just, yeah. he, de- he doesn't realize that his camera's on, and he's don't like, worry really- about that. It's all good. <laughs> oh, oh, he see, does. never mind. The dog is not <laughs> in we frame. Got the thumbs it's up. Good. Um, okay. No, so that's like something I want to test out with this one. This movie because we did it for such low budget, it was just like, hey, let's see if we can do this. Let's see if we can get something to work. And, you know, I had no expectations. I thought it came out much better than I anticipated, honestly. But it was just like, if you could say it was like a mumblecore horror movie where we just had a whole bunch of crazy shit. We're just like, how many crazy ideas can we have and put them in together? Then that's what this movie is. Um, but it's a whole hey. bunch of test ideas. And okay. I think Time that's kind of cool. Did you say mumblecore horror? Yeah. Mum- oh, that's a thing? That's a, that's Mumble- a- I don't think so. I think, I think I've heard of now. I've heard of Mumblecore <laughs> hashtag Nut Club copyright. Yeah, <laughs> trademark. I said shit. it first. Trademark that shit. I did it. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, because you're working with Ben, he ain't gonna fucking read the script. So I was like, all right, here's a whole bunch of ideas we're gonna try and do. And it, Damn. I, I wish you could see that. The, look at Ben. The look at face. Look at his face. <laughs> if you guys could see. Even how I, I read this movie? the fucking script, I memorized the entire yeah, dude, you script, had like and this... then I forget it, and then I replace no, it. This dude had this like notebook that was like a serial killer notebook that he was taking notes <laughs> and trying to look at it. And it was like fucking <laughs> scratch. I don't know what the fuck that was. Um, I'm but we so were moving. Happy. Okay, go this ahead. Movie, yeah, this movie's not even in order. Like I in editing this movie, we move scenes around completely. It's not even the order that it was supposed to be. Okay. And no. I was I was going to ask about that. And it I was... think that's kind of cool because it was like, all right, we have all these scenes. We have all this great footage. We have all these takes. This movie really in its essence is the fire pit scene from Forest of Death where I, Rogers gave me a shit ton of content. And that's what this is. We just have a shit ton of content. And I just edited it in the best way that I possibly could. But nothing about this was structured. There's no real logic to it. But I think to me, that kind of gives it the Mandy, the Nick Cage charm, where it's just wild. And that's really what we try to do from the beginning. And honestly, like whatever you think of this movie, I think we kind of hit it pretty hard. 
you're making you're for me you're making this make a lot of sense because yeah. I'm watching this movie and I'm as as a viewer right I'm trying to make sense of it I'm I'm trying to see what's going on and I'm basing everything off of what I saw in Forest of Death based on after having seen it and now having this conversation and I want everyone out there I hope DBS listeners are are here too um this movie is a a wildfire it's a wildfire it yeah. it's like it goes from this to this to this and as a viewer you're 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 watching it and you're trying to cling on to to one thing and then to the next thing but it doesn't let you do it it doesn't let you do it it goes from the and i i do want to shout out the 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 séance scene because we talked about the planchette but Whenever, whenever Roger finds the camera finally, and he's looking at it, he's like, "What story is this got to tell us?" And he's looking at the camera, and he's watching the fucking the guy sit down and tell you that we're gonna summon a witch. We're watching the movie. The nightclub is watching the movie, and we see Roger stumble upon the camp scene, the campsite, and he's like, "Oh shit, what the hell is this?" And there's a broken circle of salt, and that that's not good. That's not right, good. That's never a good sign. Nope. No. If you can and, just see the track marks through the salt circles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he sees the fucking Ouija board and he gets the camera. He's like, I bet Hell you. Yeah. He's like, I bet you got a story to tell. And he fucking looks at it and and fuck yeah, man. We get a great scene with the guy coughing up blood and he's like, Run. and then they fucking go running through the woods and the witch. The witch in this movie, again, it's a clown witch thing. It's so, it's so, it looked like the nun at first. But But at first it looked like a nun. I was like, oh shit, is that a nun? But when you see it and it's (laughs) hovering over people behind their shoulders and it's fucking in the background coming up and and all that, like, what is that? Once you see it closer up, you can tell. Is this new? Is this jumps between like the mask and then like the really dark eye stuff the dark eye stuff was over the was over the shoulder and then the like the first person shots were the like the mask and it was so i admittedly it was effective because it was disconcerting as shit so it was just like what the fuck is that and 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 was this a new character in the dbs lore like this this witch because i don't i don't remember seeing it I bought it because it was it was really creepy, um, and it's just a weird looking thing. I was super nervous about, and I still have to like probably like you guys are seeing a cut that's probably three or four passes away from being like finalized because I still have to get. We have our dis- Discord cut next week for the the viewers for our fans, um, and one of the the questions we're gonna ask is like. How cheesy is that mask? Like, I was kind of like worried that it would just no. be too over the top. No. And- because I could I could darken it and I could mess with it a little no, bit. No, no, I think it's very effective. I think I think when the witch shows up, we're we're making we're dude we're making jokes, and that's the nightclub. We just make jokes about stuff. But as far as the effectiveness of the mask, like the 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 face of the witch, we're saying it's like art and the Valak and whatever. But like it, yeah. it's it's a creepy witch mask, and when it shows up behind Roger looking down at the fucking shit he's looking at when that scene comes up that was pretty dope and going through the woods 
if 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 y'all's goal was to make a film about a guy going through the woods, losing his mind, and wearing fingerless gloves, because he does. <laughs> Even to sleep. Even to Even sleep. Even to sleep. Fuck it. Thank you, he, Travis. Thank you. <laughs> this movie Why is... would you take the gloves off when you go to sleep? Well, you got skinnamarinked outside of your tent. You went to bed in your tent and your hat, and they both got lost, and you woke up like, what the fuck? But just I got happened? the gloves. Thank God, I still got my yes. gloves on. Well, but that's, that's part of your power, you goddamn neo but, Foo Fighters, bitch. But that's <laughs> also because everything is very dark, and you have to see what he's doing. So bright red gloves work. You're like well, a, well, you're, you're you're like a Keanu Dave Grohl in this movie. <laughs> is who you are. I'm cool with that. I'm good with that. Well, but a lot of that is equivalent to waking waking up in a hotel room and you're missing both your wallet and a kidney. Oh my know? god, so, that would I be mean, so horrible. Yeah, well, exactly. So I think Roger went through a lot of that in this movie. So like Roger, wakes in, up in fairness, drunk so no, Roger would wake up with somebody else's kidney and wallet in his hand and be like, "What the fuck?" Uh, and then just well, go about his day. He wouldn't lose his kidney. Uh, okay, I think Roger so, would be peeing into somebody else's. The excise kidney going through this movie but going through this movie roger is looking for his sister all right so kaylee is missing he's in the woods he's he's going down the same trails and he's trying to find his sister that's what's happening right now and we finally get a, a like uh where, where do we come to it where he sees eli kaylee and the camera person, I don't know the camera person's name. That that Charles? I I guess. I don't know. Yes, I Charles. Don't... Mm-hmm. Charles. Well, that was Charles. the weird part. We we thought because at first we thought that Eli yeah. was, was looking at the camera too much, and it's like, come on, you fucking rookie. But then we yeah. figured out <laughs> that, that was there was funny. There, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. But Stop then it was looking like, at the cameraman. Yeah, but then there was clearly somebody else <laughs> oh, there. And he, then no, he started they're talking looking to at him. the cameraman. Right. So do we <laughs> do we see that person or did we just miss it? No, 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 no. He he no. is a character. He is a character. That's He's the guy at the opening. He got his eyes cut out. He kills himself. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, see, okay. That's why we talk about this shit. Because yeah, and I think we try to bring it up. Um, because he has that line where it's like, I think you show the picture of it. One of the pictures we forgot, and we hit Roger has a famous line of like, "Is I got that you? This guy? It's the other one? No, we just I don't forgot. have a picture of this guy. We forgot the. <laughs> oh, he's legit. I love like, it. I, don't I have love it. it. Yes. Yes. Nice. yes. <laughs> like you look at this movie, we're doing found footage inside found footage inside found footage. Like you want right. to talk about how crazy this stuff is? This is found footage Inception. And I'm super excited to see how people react to that because oh. it's it's just wild. Like, it's just crazy. But once again, I wanted to try and do that anthology kind of thing. And this is the outward story of Roger watching all these crazy events unfold. Um, so, I don't, you know, it'll be interesting to see the feedback um, from, you know, like the people are like, all right, can we do that? Because then you watch Roger inside the found footage, go inside the TV, watching himself again in like yes. the next scene. Which, will... by the way, that shit, they don't teach you that in acting school, how to act, <laughs> watching yourself, watching yourself, and then performing in the scene where you know you have to be watching yourself, but you just with... had something else happen that you don't remember. They with don't teach that in TV school either. With fingerless gloves on. They don't teach exactly. They don't teach you how to be a TV in the woods with no electricity no. and Actually, still You perform. know what, though? That, you, that you, scene you... where we don't have the picture... 
yeah. that's one of those that those types of things only happen when you've worked with someone before. Because literally right before that scene, it's all right. Here's your prop. Here's your prop. Oh, we don't have it. I just say something. Yeah, but that, that makes that makes the scene. More I want to talk about the scene where you find the TV and you go up against the tree and you're like. I'm fine. TV. I'm fine. And you're fucking shaking and you're fucking like it's I'm just dreaming. You're Nick, you're Nick Cajun. Yeah. Dude, you're Nick Cajun so hard and and you finally end the scene with we're good. Yeah. Dude, that scene so was was good. That I I I Yeah, that's 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 another one of you know when you click with someone you're working with, because that's a lot of Brendan, like, no, you got to, you got to up it a little bit more. You got to give me a little bit more. Cause that was probably like the fourth or fifth take before I really tried to, or I really understood where he wanted me to get to of this manic energy. Cause the first two takes was probably a little lower, but then as it builds up and it builds up and you realize where you are in the movie, where you are in the scene, what he's going through right now and where you want to get to. But at the same time, you, you, you kind of want to have that, larger than life almost a dream thing going yes so that's why because y'all are stuck in the fucking woods this whole movie is y'all are stuck in a fucking yeah like there's there's an insanity there's yeah yeah there's a tom and jerry running in circles to it so his insanity there who had nailed it because i didn't want to go i didn't want to go as big initially i was going to try and keep it a little bit lower which would have been the wrong call. So as Brendan's pushing me and pushing me and pushing me, that's how we get to that. Like, but, oh, okay, I know where I'm going on this one. But, but who had the off. who had the gloves idea the whole time? Who had that mm-hmm. idea? That was Ben. He had. He had me. It's, it's funny, a great we, idea. It's a great we idea. Had to, we had to keep Dude. getting the gloves back from him because I had to keep doing pickup shots to like just small well, little stuff the, in there. That was part uh, of the idea. Is if you have the gloves, it doesn't always have to be my hand. We had a couple of pickup scenes in there. The one scene where he goes and picks up his hat, we had to do that because Ben didn't, he was in the wrong wardrobe for the next scene. So that whole thing where he's like, oh, he loses his hat and he finds it was just because we shot, we had bad continuity. And so we had that one in there. But, uh, the gloves, some of the hands are not Ben's hands. Uh, but it you worked out. You can tell when they're properly manicured. They're clearly not mine. <laughs> Okay, but at this point in the film, after the the gloves and and the finding of the witch scene and the 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 witchery is going on, you get the flashback to Kaylee, his sister, on a date with Eli and a cameraman going out into the woods, and they are fucking losing their minds because they are stuck in a goddamn time loop. They're stuck in a sunless Florida. Like what? What is the idea here like like it's what is florida witch bro bro yeah the witch is obviously fucking their shit up and then they, they start arguing and arguing arguing back and forth like you got us lost no i was leading us the whole time and i'm tired of your shit and they just like you know you got us lost and so this what 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 is this idea right here? Because I like it. I like the idea of being caught in a never-ending cosmic weird trap that they mm-hmm. the characters have no clue how to get out of. And I want to know Blair what... Witch. It's very Skinnery Outwaters, man. I, I and well, we it talked was about uh... these nominal spaces before. We love them. 
I love yeah, it. I love it. I mean, it. I think to me that's scary. Like if you're lost and you just can't get anything. It was like Annihilation was the movie we were pulling from, um, where they're just yeah. stuck in this weird place and time doesn't they're like passing out and they're losing time. To me, like blacking out and losing time is like super scary. Like I feel like if you just blacked out and you're twelve hours ahead, you're like, What the fuck? And yes. I feel like that was like a trait for Roger was like, All right, is this like him with a witch or is he just you know, he just go too hard the night before, um, which is like the common theme in this. Um, and as far as like that scene, Stuart was in there. I've worked with him before and it's similar to Ben where we're on the same page with Stuart. I was like, you just got to be a douchebag, dude. Just be the fucking biggest douchebag ever. And, you know, he fucking nailed it, man. He did a great job. So I, I do have to ask, and even <clears throat> though my, my wonderful co-host advised me not to, I'm going to ask anyway. So... Stuart Maxheimer does have a 14-inch penis, if you're curious. Uh, it is true. It's absurd. Um, interesting. Um, uh-huh. good, good knowledge. Thank yeah, you. Thought you'd not, where, not where I was going at all. Oh, <laughs> I mean, shit. Then never mind. Uh, so going back to going back to Forest of Death, when we talked about it before, and Roger was such the cock of the walk. And he was just, I mean, he was just testosterone on a fucking stick. Right, I mean, he really was, and then oh, coming, in, and then coming into this movie where he's not so much. I don't want to call him flaccid because I don't think Roger's ever flaccid. I think Roger's always semi turgid, but never flaccid. But it, taking his character and like breaking him down a notch, like how did that, like how did that feed how you played the character? Because he he spends a lot of time, um. He spends a lot of his time sort of searching for his sister, going through the woods. We get all that. But there's also a lot of moments where he ends up, and I, I, I'm just going to call it like I see it, face down on the ground looking like he got prison raped by a ghost. So <laughs> it's like, how do you, like, how do you, how do you, how do you put those two things together when Damn. you have, when you have, you know, Forrest to Death Roger, who is just, <laughs> you know, I am all balls and I'll stick to this, this guy who is more like, I am all. Right, you green, talk you a know? lot about balls and sticks and flaccid <laughs> and erections. I, I I am so confused <laughs> how I made a 14 inch Stuart Maxheimer penis joke, and it just went to such a different level <laughs> so quickly. Welcome to the nightclub. <laughs> well, that I'm escalated a, like I'm Viagra. Such, I'm such a fan of Roger, and, and it had been. <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, to be perfectly honest, it had been such a long time since I had seen a horror movie that had a character like Roger who just walked in and just strutted. And he, like I said before, he was a big, girthy cock. He wasn't a dick. He was just a big, girthy cock. And then to see this movie where it's like, it seemed like the, uh, he got knocked down a peg or two. So it's like, like, how well, does that? It's, 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 again, it's starting with, where I first played Roger, where I created him and where he exists in my head and then altering his history. So this version of Roger, maybe his wife didn't leave him. In my head, I honestly tried to play this a few years before he may have gotten married. So like trauma number one in his life of losing somebody. Which, if anyone has lost someone in their life, whether it's a breakup or a death, it's anything where there's someone that's a constant in your life that's now just gone. And subconsciously, it's kind of your fault. Like that natural mm-hmm. charisma, that cockiness, it's going to go away. 
It's like you take the biggest high school quarterback who is the cock of the walk and you break his heart and then you do it again and then you do it again. Suddenly this guy at 18 years old has a whole world in front of him and 20 years old is like, boy, I hope they have a job at Popeye's. It's kind of like the guy that went to the town dive bar and, you know, picked up the second ugliest girl there because he was just that kind of guy that's like, yeah, I got her. He said, go home with that one. And no matter what, it's always that that fake confidence or that just ignorant confidence. And right. now that's gone. Now that's now Roger in the world that mattered. And yeah, she's gone, and it's kind of my fucking fault. I love the whole time that Roger is trying to find his sister. Um, and we can make jokes about that all day because we could, you know what I mean? Like we tried to avoid it the best we could. There's no, yeah, but, it. Like, but he, he kind of sounds like he's from Alabama. It's low hanging fruit, low hanging fruit. And we're not trying to do that necessarily. I mean, we will, cause we will, cause it's a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, if, but, if you don't, someone will make an incident. Right. Joke. Right. It's, it's happening based on the film. Y'all are making, um, whenever the characters are fucking freaking out, Roger has to finally find his sister and he does after after a lot of fucking going through the woods finding the witchy shit figuring out that he's being part of like he's part of this now like where he's stuck but then he finds his sister and what I love that y'all didn't do was the cop out ending. The cop-out ending was that it just ended with Roger being like, I gave y'all a story, and I told y'all I would. And then he wakes up after being tormented so much, and he's finally pissed. And he's like... (laughs) I love I love this line because it's very it's 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 reminiscent of Rorschach, right? right. Yeah, it's <clears> very is Rorschach. And he's like it's literally taken a hundred percent from Rorschach. But it's yeah. but 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 one hundred percent taken from Rorschach. But it's working right here oh. in this movie where he's oh, yeah. like, You're not trapped in I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. And I I, I, I dig it. I dig it for, for the purpose of the film and I love it. Um, I don't want to spoil anything further for like listeners of the show, oh, listeners I, from DBS. Not, have we not spoiled this? Like we've spoiled, we spoiled I mean, the movie. Go ahead, but... just do it, dude. We're all yeah, spoilers. I mean, here, because the end, like, the end, when when he he finds coming. Kaylee again, and 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 she turns around and she's basically the witch. I mean, I if I got to the end of that and I was like, and here we, and then oh, I I, I don't. I'll admit I don't exactly know what you were trying to say there, but it got me and it got me hard, and it was like, "Oh, it got not, you hard, bud." Not, <laughs> as long as it as long as it did that, Brendan did okay, his job. Okay, as a storyteller. Was, okay, it was impactful. <laughs> that we'll say that. I bet it was. <laughs> well, I, I think a, and I, I want to hear your thoughts because <laughs> I I think if I would do this one again, if this one, if people like this kind of concept, and we can go out here. I think we just go, you know, balls to the walls. We do this hundred times X, like he's just on even more drugs, just going even crazier. If I would shoot this cinematic, I would have it the happy ending, and then it just cuts to his dead body. Like he just overdosed in the woods. And then <laughs> that's how I kind of always thought it was. But obviously found footage you really couldn't do that. But um he I does think all fit and all. 
I think that, yeah, he just, the whole thing's just, he's just dead. And this is like his happy ending. I think that would be a good, you know, punch to the gut for the audience. Roger, Roger is impaled by a rolled up dollar bill at at the bottom of a mirror. Yeah. I, I, this was a cold field nightmare. It was. And I, 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 to be honest, I was there for the whole thing. And we talked about that as we were watching it. It was like, I think it was Ricky said, it's like, I think this guy's high on Coke. And it was like, I said that I said he was oh, on coke. Yeah. yeah he's but, on coke the, the little nod we did to that was the ending outfit is the same as Forrest to death in which uh, everything uh, he says is a lie it's kind of general rule of Roger you never know what he's saying is real or not real is he telling you the truth so now what he's going to tell you a story He's just going to tell you a fucking story. So if you want to go with it, go with it. If you don't want to go with it, don't go with it. If he's on drugs, he's probably on drugs. If he's drunk, he might be drunk. If he's telling you a real story, maybe he is. Ah, it's whatever you want it to be. And that's my favorite know. thing about Roger. He's kind of the joker, which whatever story you want to tell yourself about the story he's telling you, it's right. Well, but that's, the cock, when we that's sh- the cock of the walk thing, though. You, you walk in and he just he's so charismatic. That whatever he's telling you, talking about cocks again, there just you. has to be. Well, <laughs> okay, Ricky, if you if you want to kick the closet door open, kick it open, and come on out. We're we're all fine with it. Nobody I'm here good cares. With it, bro. Okay. I'm, I'm good with it. it. I'm with um, it. But I think that's interesting that you say that because uh, because of the whole the, the whole movie where we had a, a different level of Roger, like you talked about. Um, and then to see him at the very end of it, and and Travis already said it. It's like I'm not stuck here with you. You're stuck here with me. And it's like it's like the rise of the phoenix for Roger. Yeah. And it's honestly, it's 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 so fucking good. It's just like he, I like I like to think that Roger went to go find his sister, but that boy was so payod. He he was in the woods. He stumbled upon some witchy shit. He was like, I love the part where you're like. Well, the next plan is get the fuck get out the these fuck. woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the most yes. sensible shit of all time. It's like, yeah, that's very sensible. Well done gentlemen well done yeah i think uh that's the reason we made it so low budget like if this thing absolutely bombs and tanks ben's career you know there's no <laughs> no harm it, you know, no it can't harm. get worse it can't get worse um but i i if you watch all of our other movies they're very structured we follow a very regiment like we're hitting the tropes we're hitting the beats we're doing everything and we do that because like we have to make it by ads. Like people have to watch our stuff. We're just in a position now where we have to like do these things. And this one's just like, all right, we're going to do something crazy. Let's just do something. And it's really cool to see you guys like talking about it and discussing and try and figure it out. Cause to me, that's a cool movie is when someone can sit down and be like, Hey, what do you think about that? You know, what, what are your thoughts about that? What do you think about that? To create a dialogue as opposed to being like, all right, that was just a movie. That was okay. You know, let's move on. Um, so I'm hoping that's it. I know this one's going to be very polarizing, but, um, I'm hoping people like Roger. I'm hoping people kind of like the style. These are a lot that we could pull from this movie that we're going to use in our other movies. 
And, you know, I think a shout out to Ben. I think he did a great job in this one Um, for a movie that was, you know, trademark uh, mumblecore nightclub mumblecore. um, (laughs) The fact that it turned out and to make a movie with basically, you know, a whole bunch of cigarettes and a whole bunch of beer and one man or one man essentially is, you know, unheard of. And I think it's, it's cool, especially for other filmmakers to go out there. You just need an iPhone and a crazy guy and you're halfway there. Yeah. I, I, I will not, um, rate this movie because I don't want to, it's not, it's not out yet. It's not finalized. It's not done. I will say, I think that as DBS studios goes forward, I would love to see y'all concentrate, concentrate. You hear me? No, I'm be, I'm being serious right now. Concentrate and make, make a movie where you're not pushing out for a year, put out two concentrate and make two like really thought out efforts for a movie i'm being honest sorry that's fair that's fair i'm just saying Uh, like like i know that that might not be the formula that might not be the thing but y'all have so much talent so much going on i would love to see y'all excel further and 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 build on the audience you have right now. You have a great audience. You have a an opportunity right now to really hone in. So T Boo is just being honest, being frank, being upfront. I I enjoyed this movie to a degree. I see where y'all are saying where it was messy and all that, and and I agree with that. It, it it's it's a messy movie. It's not perfect. It's it, it is what it is. Um, but we talked about it tonight. I I love that that Benjamin got to explore his character further. Um, but I but I want to see DBS go for it. Go for it, man. Like like hone the skills and go for it. Like really go for it. Make a fucking movie that's gonna boom, knock them down, knock them down. I think uh, you gotta go make Forest to Death too. Well, well, it's not Forest to Death too. I think you're gonna like Bigfoot because we saved all the budget with that one. We blew our load on Bigfoot, and I think you guys, (laughs) if you want to go for it, that's gonna be that's our movie that's going for is Bigfoot, and then really honestly, Cabin Fourteen. If you like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's gonna be the other one. But I think. You Did know, you rip a dick off? Did you rip a dick off? Didn't rip a dick off. Oh, so you're not uh, there. Yeah, missed opportunity there. But um, yeah, no, I think you'll see. You know, we go back to the formula. We spent more of a budget on the the Bigfoot project. Like again, this one, you know, it was it was a wild ride. We explored a lot of things and we did a lot of stuff. But I think you're going to see Bigfoot, and I'd love to be on here again um, you to will. get your feedback you on that one because that's our shot. You know, and I think. One, you know, we're still in the editing phase, but I have a pretty good cut of it. It's solid. But, you know, if you're seeing our growth, if you watch this from, you know, Girl in Cabin 13 to even now, you know, we're getting exponentially better with each one. And to me, that's, you know, the most valuable thing to be able to work with Ben, to work with the actors, to get more reps is, you know, where we're trying to go. Fair enough. And and I'm not the guy that can project for a business. I'm not the guy. But I know that y'all have so much talent behind y'all that I'm like, I'm ready to see y'all fucking blow up, man. I'm ready to see yeah. it blow the fuck yeah, up. 
Yeah, and honestly, I think it's just the right combination of getting everyone on board. You know, obviously, I have to write a good script. I have to have good directing. My cinematography has to get better. (laughs) Well, in Ben's case, you you know, he – It just – it's a process, and I think to get that magical blow-up movie, um, it's just there's so many people involved in this process. And that's kind of the cool thing is it's not like – you know, if I was a musician, I just play guitar and sing. There's so many people involved in this process from the start to the finish that everyone has to be passionate. Everyone has to be able to, you know, come together at the same time. And that's how you get a really good movie. And that's why it's like you, it's really rare to see a lot of directors that have multiple successes over and over again because of how many people and how many minds are involved in this process. But to me, that's the cool part. I think working with a lot of people, you know, talking to horror fans like you guys, you know, that gives me inspiration to keep going. And, you know, working with Ben and getting all this stuff done, that's the cool part of making movies and watching movies. Man, um, I, I feel you. And that that's why I'm just like being that guy that's like, I want to see y'all blow up. I want to see y'all fucking make the movie that. Oh, yeah, dude. I appreciate that. Finally, like, gets DBS out there and like, y'all just ignite the stratosphere and and fucking go full bore and yeah, it is it is kind of funny to watch him grow because from forest of death to a cold grave i remember thinking like wow thank god i'm not in the earlier stuff those things were shitty and then after doing girl in cabin 14 i look back at a cold grave i'm like shit i wish we had the stuff that we had in girl in cabin 14 on that one <laughs> but you can tell in just a couple months of we went from you know, here's Forest of Death, all right. Now there's Havoc props. Oh, now there's Cause and Effects makeup. And now there's Tatum. And now there's Kaylee. And now Dylan's on board full time. And now they're getting a little bit bigger and they're getting a little bit crazier. We're getting a little bit bigger and a little bit crazier. And the talent level is getting improved and improved. And you could see, like, in theory, like, yeah, slow down, man. Take your time. But then watching him go, it's like, no, man, you can do six. Like four. He he just wants more. He wants more roles. Ben just wants more roles. (laughs) Well, Well, no, because don't forget my theory is I like to be in every other one. (laughs) It ultimately, for me, ends up being more fun and feels more connected. Definitely. Um, And I think with what you've done with building the DBS cult, drink the Kool Aid, hail Satan. Um, (laughs) it's it's such a great thing. And it's such a great thing that you guys include so many of your fans that I honestly do think I do think it's the future of film, and I do think that it is the thing that will topple the 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 fucking Hollywood regime and the shit that we have to watch just because Hollywood thought it would be good. Um, and I am happy to watch ten thousand well acted, passionate, mediocre films than I am one Hollywood blockbuster. Because I can, I can more appreciate the people that put their efforts into it, and I know that the person that was an actress in one scene was, you know, making food in her off time, or the person that was an actor in one scene was going to get gas for the cars in the next scene because that's just what has to happen. That's how independent film works, and independent film fundamentally is just better than everything. It's just better than everything. And I love to watch the people that do it continue yeah. to polish it and continue to get better and continue to just reach for the fucking stars. It just makes me happy. Hell yeah. 
Cool, man. You know, I appreciate that. And I think like, that's the biggest thing is you can see our growth, even if you go all the way back and watch gone. And I think that's kind of cool. And I follow a whole bunch of indie filmmakers as well. And to see the growth from each project is really cool. You're along the journey. You're seeing them get better each time. And, you know, I'm an old school horror guy. Obviously, you saw Forest of Death. Um, and seeing that kind of those kind of movies, they had heart. And you could kind of see they had soul to them. Yeah, they were kind of cheesy. And there was some, you know, stuff in there that, you know, is questionable. But for the most part, you could feel the soul of the movie. And that's why I like independent films. Like I could see these guys. We went and saw a movie, The Pumpkin Man, that was a local Florida film, excellent film. And he, that guy captured the director, captured the theme and everything about the movie. It was just, you know, it's not, it doesn't have the million dollar budget that most Hollywood has. But I'm hoping that, you know, we're going to see more skin and marink. We're going to see more outwaters. People are going to give the shot to the indie guys who are able to capture that soul and the theme of the movie because I see a lot of stuff now that's just kind of soulless. And you're just like, all right, like they made a movie because they had a big name or a remake from a series, essentially. And I think as long as we can continue to grow with indie stuff and we can continue to grow with, you know, what you guys are doing, bringing on indie people, Adam's family and stuff like that. I'm hoping that's going to be the next generation of really good, solid horror movies. Oh, yeah. We're cool. What do you think about the fucking... Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Dude, like, I dig it. I dig the messiness of it. Uh, After talking with you guys, it makes a lot more sense to me. I like watching Roger stumble around. (laughs) <laughs> and being confused and scared it's fun i also really like the idea of anthology horror mm-hmm. and you guys exploring that further i'll say that as well yeah well i do wonder yeah. if if the next movie in the anthology is going to be roger like running a brothel somewhere like that like, <laughs> like, seems like the next logical step for me it, it would fit um, his character man we gotta yeah, do force yeah. of death too we might have a brothel scene in there hell yeah, yeah that could be fun. it could be the full horrorist horse oh. of death but yeah but i mean it, oh okay brain but <laughs> but I, I wasn't done so go I'm go sorry. back get 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 um <laughs> sorry he fucked me all up that's I lost fun. my train. You're talking about how much you love watching Roger. I do love watching Roger with his bright red gloves on. Um, I love the anthology aspect you talked about. I love having the Easter eggs. I love the witch. I love the time loop. I love that you decided to go low budget with it and just kind of see what happens. Like, like it's very, it, it's, it's, very avant-garde in a way because it's like let's just make it let's just do it just do it type of mentality Uh um it's punk as fuck i dig it and yeah i'm excited to see what you guys do next i can't wait for uh the bigfoot movie i can't wait for girl and cabin 14 i'm all in hell yeah and that's why tonight we're not going to do a rating on this movie. It's not out yet, so it's not done. Um, it's a t- got- but it's a 10, bro. I mean, it's a 10, though. I mean, there on. you go. There you go. That's the rating. So tonight we're not we're not going to do a, a full-fledged rating, but it, it's a 10. 
But tonight's movie was not a, a final cut, necessarily. We got privileged to watch it before it came out, and we have the director and the star here, so kind of unfair to give it a, a, a real rating. But I will say I enjoyed watching the movie with my boys. Um, we had a lot of fun, and we had way more fun talking to y'all about the movie since y'all made it. So that's where I'll leave it there. I want to say thank you, Brendan and Ben, for being on the nightclub. Thank you, DBS Studios, for fucking letting us see this movie before it was done. My lords, yes. Appreciative of all times. All the times. Of all times. Travis, you look like you're going to sleep, bro. I, uh, I've been watching his eyes slowly closing I, uh, the entire you're, you're, time. <laughs> you're in your own I'm, cold I'm grave waiting for there, him dude. to go. You're in your own cold grave over there, bro. He's so <laughs> content and happy right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm actually ending the show proper. <laughs> so, y'all are all fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, it's okay to be Payad, it's okay to be named Roger, and it's okay to be face down in the woods and not knowing where the fuck you are. <laughs> we get up there, we nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about fire in the sky, I thought about fire, I thought about love.